really is. Matt, that was great. I'm so glad you could come. I want you to meet a friend of mine, Peter Flynn, Max Fisher. Hi. Who's this guy? Peter. I really liked your play. It was really cool. Yeah. Hey, Arthur. How you doing? Nice job. Hey. Gonna get to meet your dad tonight? Oh, no, the old man's on call. Mr. Bloom, I'd like you to meet Miss Cross, and I didn't catch this young gentleman's name. I like your nurse's uniform, guy. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Well, they're totally inappropriate for the occasion. Well, I didn't know we were going to dinner. That's because you weren't invited. Take it easy, Max. You were the one that ordered him a whiskey and soda. So what's wrong with that? I can write a hair play. Why can't I have a little drink to unwind myself? So tell me, Curly, how do you know Miss Cross? We went to Harvard together. Oh, that's great. I wrote a hair play and directed it. So I'm not sweating it either. Can we get a check, please? What do you think you're doing? Getting a check. No, you're not. Excuse me. I just want to thank you for accommodating us. You see, we only thought we were going to be three. But uh, someone invited himself along, so I apologize. Quite all right, sir. Okay. Very well. You're being rude, Max. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to figure out why you brought this gentleman to my play and my dinner, which was invitation only. Would you like me to pass the creamer, dog? Yes, please. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You hurt my feelings. This night was important to me. How did I hurt your feelings? Oh, my God! I wrote a hit play! And I'm in love with you. Buckle down and we'll get through this day just fine. <coughs> Everyone's coughing the act together. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm sorry. Well, hold on. You need to, no one can hear you. Oh, clearly. Hold on. Let's all stop. Can we start the show again? Absolutely. We're just going to turn everything off and we're going to start the show again. All right. We'll be back in five seconds. All right. Five, four, three, two. All right, let's try this again. Why, hello, everyone. It is five minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of May, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the lushly appointed and pain-filled studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <clears throat> Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are uh, here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. Uh... Wait, it's that it's not Thursday, it's Friday. <laughs> Yesterday we're all Thursday. What's it like to be crazy? <laughs> Do we start again? Um, we're no, not, we're not starting again. I can play some Bill Pullman if we need some time. Oh, Jesus God almighty. Uh, hi, how are you all today? I'm fine. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. 
503-733-2970 with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, exhortations of suffering, whatever you might have. It's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol, who's had less sleep than anybody on earth and more alcohol than... All of us combined. Did you get a drunken text message from him at 6 o'clock in the morning? Uh, no, I got one at 4.50 in the morning that just said, OMG, OMG, LOL, great time, OMG. And then it just trailed off into a whole bunch of consonants with no syllables anywhere. Mine like no vowels at all. 5.56 a.m. OMG, I love you guys. Best night ever. <laughs> Good night, dough. <laughs> <laughs> so Richie Bristol, much to his chagrin and horror, is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane... Whatever you might have. Uh, you can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Everything's going to be just fine. Just keep repeating that to yourself and it will come to be so. All right. Uh, so it is Friday, the day after. Not the apocalyptic Steve Gutenberg one, but the one uh, after Listener Party 11, which was last night. Maybe we should really uh, kick off the day's show properly, and I can have Aaron and Scott come in and take up the first 49 minutes of the program. Jesus God. With a drunken speech that no one can understand. Exactly. What was that about? I think it became some Dadaist performance art at some I point. I something about, like, a dead grandmother, and then they start shoving each other. <laughs> Seriously, it went on for, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> it, was like, it was like time slowed. It was like some... It was like some sort of chronological white dwarf opened on the stage, and everything just started to take a long time. I kept waiting for the vaudeville hook to come out. It was like, it was like a walk at Pioneer Courthouse Square with all those deranged street people <laughs> ranting and raving about nothing for like hours. And Baron looked like a deranged street person with like his bathrobe on. He's he, like, let me tell you. Here's another thing about something. <laughs> um, and then so poor Carl Click. I don't know why, and it really is my failing here. I don't know why we didn't anticipate people needing to be forcibly removed from the stage. I don't I know why we didn't be, see it I thought coming. the roast would be too short. No. No. Um, and so, God bless Carl Click. Well, I, if this doesn't make any sense to you, we'll, go, we'll give some context to this whole opening here in just a second. And Carl looked fine at, at 5 o'clock this morning. God bless him. Um, so, Carl at one point looked over to the band and goes, play them off. Play them and the band and Andrew, you know, who didn't really know. You know, Andrew goes, no, no, well, we're not, we're not playing people. You know, we're only playing people. And Carl's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Play them off. And so then the Cantina song kicks in again. And the best part is Aaron and Scott, I believe, were so blotto at that point that they either did not notice or just disregarded the fact that, like, the end. You know, it was like that Oscar award. You know, where you know, where like Cameron Diaz or whoever is, is up there continuing to talk while they're playing the like, Carmen Miranda music underneath. They're like trying to get her off stage. Jesus, God Almighty. Anyway. Uh, I think really I think Aaron and Scott went right up to the line where the audience would have turned on them. I mean, I really think that people were... I think, I think people, the audience did turn on them. I think people were, be, were readying blunt objects. <laughs> Jesus. In any event, why, hello. I, I, I forgot that they were talking at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Storm and I were saying there's Storm and Lisa. The audience didn't have that opportunity, Sarah. The audience had to sit there and endure every excruciating, unfunny moment of it. <laughs> wow, I wish I was dead. It was dead. like the death of Vaudeville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're funny, too, and I was just, like, waiting for the well, funny. Well, in, in theory... Um, 
The best part this morning was I'm in the office, and you know, uh, we'll talk more about about last night, which really was a pretty exceptional success. Um, I have not seen one picture from it. Can somebody send me a picture? Uh, I got. I took I, a I lot of pictures the, with, with people I know. Jason, Jason, and uh, Aaron from Vanished Twin Photography were doing photos all night, so I know we'll see those. Everybody, everybody I've talked to today, everybody has a variation on the same phrase. Like, hey, great party last night. Everything went really well. What was up with those two guys that started the roast? <laughs> Every single person. And, it, you know, so they are like the mole on the shoulder of a beautiful woman. They're now available for your children's <laughs> If you know a party that you'd like to punish. They also make balloon animals. <laughs> Well, it is what it is, Tim. <laughs> One of many unexpected moments last night. Uh, I, mean, I, don't, and, I don't know if they were mad at each other. Mad at the world. Mad at the whole world. We're going to make the audience suffer along with us for 19 excruciating moments. Oh, was that was much longer than, than 19 minutes. Yeah, it seemed like it anyway. I remember they were only like halfway through and I looked and it was already 10 o'clock. Like, oh, really? God. I, and I would strongly encourage you at some point, if you know anybody who perhaps has any kind of a terminal illness, all you really need to do is have Scott and Aaron in their room because however long they have left to live will seem like an eternity. I love how they like, started shoving each other. <laughs> I was waiting for a brawl to erupt on stage. He's like, why are you talking about my grandma? <laughs> like, I don't want grandma. I never even mentioned his grandma. <laughs> okay, that has to be some result. Jesus. Oh, my God. If All right. Then they come to your party and talk about their dead <laughs> grandma. Talk each other in the chops. <laughs> wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is CBS, the Tiffany Network. Thank you for coming along. If you would like to join us today, it's 503-733-2970. By the way, I should say that while the day following our listener events, which we now really only do once a year for just this reason, the one the day after the listener party is always a little crazy because everybody's drunk, no one's had any sleep. I started drinking diesel at 10 o'clock last night. <laughs> well, I had about three of them by 11. <laughs> bouncing up the whole still for this. Not that diesel isn't a fantastic Oh, drink. it is, but it, it keeps you awake. Uh, you should uh, try it in moderation. Jesus. Not when you're dying. Diesel is for entertainment purposes only. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Jesus. So, um, but the difference between today and usually the day after our listener parties is actually we mo most of us have our voices today. I'm a little scratchy. Oh, I don't sorry. think there was any smoking. Yes, yeah, there was none smoking. No smoking. And, and, and uh, we weren't doing most of the talking. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron and Scott were doing that. So, <laughs> for everyone. So, but normally we come in here and it's just like, you know, but today I actually have my voice. So, so afterwards, do they continue their fist fight outside? <laughs> what became of I, know, I saw Aaron, like, rolling around in the green room and Scott was all like, I can't wait to meet that girl at my high school reunion. And I'm like, the oh, best, God. The best part was Scott later going, we killed it, dude. We <laughs> you know, okay, you you know who killed it was Miss Desjardins. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, do we have uh Oh. Let's now yes. welcome to the Rick Emerson Show special in-studio guest and roaster, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. From a chair, three feet to the right of me. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Hello. Hi. Hi. Guys. Hi. Hi Lisa. So, so weird to be here in person. Wow. 
I want, I'm used to being in my tiny little closet in the Capitol. There's so much space down here. It's I know, and you were here yesterday, too, but we couldn't tell anybody. Exactly. It was secret, but so, your, do- your dog barked. And yes. If you, <laughs> if you listen to yesterday's short of the recap, and you heard Sarah's dog bark, and then you heard me... Uh, you heard sounding... me playing that embarrassing sounder of Rick over and over again to humiliate him in front of Lisa. And if you heard me sounding just a, yeah, a little a little ratcheted up about things, because uh, Lisa and Jason were in the studio yesterday, uh, just a couple feet away, kind of watching us, and so and it was all very <laughs> odd. Yes, you guys uh, got an errand. I really, I, I gotta say, it's true. There was a point where Sarah and Storm and I were having an extended conversation, and we completely forgot that those guys were still up there. Unless we hear like one of our you names. Know? It's yeah, like, oh, exactly. it was, mind, they're talking. It was amazing. It was like momentum be gone or something. It was really. It was, like... And they were so hilarious backstage, and then they got up there, and I was like. I think you know. Here's the deal. I think the thing with Scott and Aaron. Is that I can already sense a, I can sense a theme. I can sense a theme developing for today's show. <laughs> yes. They had a whole script because you know, as you know, there were script supervisors who had to sign off yes. on all the material. Right. But I think between drinks twelve and fifteen, the lines got mixed up. They, and then they picked it up where they thought they left off. And, oh, at, one, and at one point, they decided they just threw the script on the ground and decided it was such gold when they were ad libbing. <laughs> why not just make it all up? <laughs> oh, no. I know. Jesus, I mean, it was. Uh, it, it was. I like, have to say, I cannot remember one joke from. There no. 40 minutes last night. There was nothing but anger. No. It was, it was like, <laughs> yeah. anger. It's true. And I really, I really think that um, Aaron got progressively more drunk, like inexplicably more, like exponentially more drunk. And even if they're drinking, they were up there. And and they were even, drinking. They right. weren't even drinking, but he became drunk during yes, the war. Yes, that's what it was. It was really like you weren't this drunk three seconds ago. Yeah. It was like watching that. It was like watching some sort of weird surrealist art exhibit unfold in front of you. It's the same feeling I had when I was watching that Tom Green movie, Freddy Got Fingered, where he's, where he's playing an organ with a bunch of sausages on strings, and I was thinking to myself, like, am I not smart enough to understand this? Maybe it's really good. Jesus. All right, well, we'll get... Here's what's oh, coming up today. We should uh, we'll establish. Uh, so Lisa Desjardins uh, hey. uh, on the show with us today, uh, which is weird because about a year what's ago, up? about a year ago, Jim Roop was sitting right there, massively wow. hungover, massively <laughs> hungover. Oh, and Lisa uh, Richard from CNN told me to tell you, hello, Wolf Mother. Oh, that's right, Wolf Mother. That's right. Why that's do they call each other? You know, I'm a big fan of the band Wolf Mother, and he got confused. He thought that was a nickname I was using for him. <laughs> that would and be creepy. It was really strange, and so actually now now it is it is the nickname we use for each other. Excellent. So, you know. I'm embarrassed that I'm not hungover. I was I was doing vodka shots up there. You were. I was hanging. But and we were somehow, mixing like the viso and the we vodka. Doing, yeah, but I somehow I'm. Uh, you're I'm embarrassed that you're not hungover. I am. I feel like in the legacy of Jim Roop, I feel like somehow I. Uh... <laughs> what a sad commentary on this show that is. <laughs> I should be more hungover. Um, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from uh, hey. New York City later on the day, and we'll talk to our good friend Ed McCarthy uh, from the South. Uh, I tried to get Bob Costantini today just uh, so we could rail right. him for, for ruining the surprise right. and very nearly ruining it. We should, we'll tell that story here in a second. We told it last night, but we'll, we'll reveal that on the air. Um, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Well, it's going to be a sizzler this weekend. Sizzler. Hillary's going to be in town tonight on uh, KGW at 7, but nobody's going to see her at that time. Tonight. Then Barack Obama and his wife are coming here to speak at the Waterfront Park on Sunday. It's going to be like close to 100 degrees. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi will be among the first gays to be married in California as that new law kicks in. An angry, an angry flight attendant starts a fire aboard a plane. Vandals are spray paint. paint oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should start. Vandals are spray painting obscenities on goats. A landlord is charged with using a bomb to evict a tenant. 
and a suicide jump into a wood chipper fails. Oh. Whoa. Well, okay. Wood chipper. Ooh. Yeah. Chipper. Yeah. Any, <laughs> anywho, uh, all that's coming up. Uh, yeah, plus, uh, what the hell is today? Today's Friday. Friday. Wait, does that mean that Aaron's actually coming yeah, in today? He's back in. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. There'll be more angry coming out <laughs> no. exactly. I wonder if he'll still be wearing that Charles Nelson Riley outfit. He must not be feeling night. well, because at this point, usually during the day, I would have already received like six emails from him. Face down in a, a pile of his own mush, in a pile of his own mush somewhere. Jesus. All right. Uh, Lisa Desjardins here will do uh, phone calls right. in a few. So we should, before we do anything, so, um, so we should recap a little bit. So last night, uh, Recover to Listener Party 11, and of course, the special guest was Lisa. And... Which has been in the works for, like, months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Roop did his best to spoil it a couple, I don't know, about a month ago. Jim Roop on the air said, hey, so Lisa's coming up there for your party. And to his credit, he immediately knew that he'd made a mistake. And we dumped it, and nobody really noticed it. Nobody heard it. So yesterday, we have Bob <laughs> Constantini on. Noodle. We bring on Bob, and the first words out of his mouth are, Hey, I know Lisa's gonna have a great time at your party tonight, Rick. And norm- and when, when, right off the bat. And normally, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty calm. Like when Roop said it, I actually didn't get thrown. I just yeah, had, you were pretty good about it. I time. said, oh no, 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 that's not gonna happen. We try but fail, whatever. When when Bob said it yesterday, though, it really threw me, and I kind of went, uh, and so you heard me hit the dump button really loudly, and then I said, well, thanks, Bob, thanks so much for that, and we moved on. So nobody on the air heard it, but I thought. It, uh, I thought that when you dumped something <laughs> we here in the air, that it was dumping it on right. the on the podcast as well. Not so much. So everybody who was listening to the stream oh, of the podcast, the, all the horrible things that we've said that we do, <laughs> oh, they've all true. heard. All they've all been out oh, there, no. and, and I've had most of them lately. <laughs> so <laughs> they, so everybody who was listening online heard the, Lisa's uh, guest appearance revealed on on the air. Uh, and so Sarah and I immediately had to go and lock all of our MySpace comment boards, lock all of our blog comments. Oh, we had wow. to lock everything down so nobody could spoil it. And then, of course, your intro video wow. uh, made by the lovely Joni DeRoshi was yeah, uh, a Joni. West Wing video. So, I mean, it's, you know, it did. Anyway, so it's so that was just one of the small bits of drama. And yes. can we give it up for how great that intro video was that kicked off the whole that party last night? It was great. It was Joni, really Joni exceptional. Joni does great work. It was really, fantastic. really wonderful. Uh, Emerson Starship uh, was great. One of the yes. many things that we did last night was the very definition of like ten pounds of mud and a four pound sack. I mean, there was so much yeah. stuff. Tim on Degenerates. Tim's video was Tim's, fantastic. Tim's short film. So funny. Tim's short film was scary, actually, a little bit. It was the audience yeah. loved it. We didn't get a chance to talk much about it later, but the audience loved it. The yeah. audience thought it was fantastic. Um, we didn't. One thing that I do want to take a special, serious moment to note, and I, I didn't get a chance to do this on schedule. Like we were so trying to, because somehow we got behind schedule, and we were so desperately trying to keep things flimmy. I did not get to mention that the guy who was the lead singer last night for Emerson Starship, the guy with the pork pie hat and the beard, Jarris, just got out of 31 days in the hospital. You know, no he looks kidding. Good for somebody 31 days oh on his cow. back in the hospital, pneumonia, like a viral pneumonia. Oh my gosh! Um, he's such a wow. You could, he was, just, he was li- great. Literally yeah. rolling up there with an oxygen tank last night, wow. and he's like, "I'm here to rock. Nothing can stop the rock." <laughs> So, Jairus Minsky. Oh, see, did I hear at one point, Sarah, you actually stepped? Is that, now I'm connecting, you stepped on his oxygen tank? Is really? That, is that, that true? I stepped on the cord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jairus, I haven't seen him. How you doing, buddy? And he's talking, you know, and I see the thing in his mouth. I'm like, why does he, you know, I'm like, what's going on? Why is he like, turning like, blue? I cut off his oxygen tank. You were I'm standing, like, standing on, on the tube. 
<laughs> I was like, hey, buddy, you want some whiskey? Here you go. <laughs> you want some air? <laughs> so, so we want to give it up to the Iron Man, Jarris Minsky, who is the, the strongest rock god that any of us knows. 31 days, and he came to play. So thank you, Jarris. And wow. that band was fantastic. Wow. I mean, from the minute that band kicked yeah. in through the popcorn song, and then the Muppet Show theme with customized lyrics. The Muppet it was Show awesome. theme was awesome. Uh, and then they played the roasters on and occasionally off. And then <laughs> later they did a rock uh, set. Nickel Arcade played with Storm later. I mean, it was just, it was really, really an exceptional evening. It was pretty fantastic. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll be talking uh, more about that. We have, uh, I don't know, all kinds of other, uh, all kinds of other crap coming up uh, today. Let's see. Uh, we could just, uh, I don't, I don't even know. Let's just go through some of these. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program, sir, or madam, as the case may be. Hey, how's it going? What's up, brother? Uh, that was the single greatest listener party of all time. Hey. Thank you, my friend. Oh man, you guys were all really awesome, and I was just. I was blown away. The, the really bizarre thing is, I think that just being there got people drunk because I had like one half of a Jack and Coke at like one in the morning, and I woke up this morning hungover. And I, I can hold my liquor, but man. Also, um, there was so much stuff to comment on, so I, I'm not going to comment on everything, but I thought it was kind of funny that like you saw Sarah doing a roast and she kept taking drinks because she was kind of nervous. And by the time she was finished, she actually looked like um, like she did in the intro video when she was trying to <laughs> It's true. I feel like I was in the intro video. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, sir. Oh, man. That, that was awesome. Best event ever. And the name tags were a great idea. Oh, I didn't even... I don't know how this worked. I saw a bunch of people wearing the, the, this background. Uh, we'd had uh, some people say that for single listeners... Uh, they wanted a way to identify themselves, and this all comes from a girl named Bobby who called up asking her, asking us to get her a date, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so we bought a bunch of those Hi, My Name Is tags, and we figured that you could do the Craigslist thing of putting, like, man for, you know, M for W or whatever it is, if you were, like, if you were single and looking. Uh, so did you end up doing that, sir? Yeah, I did, and within two minutes of putting it on, I had somebody come up and be like, oh, you're wearing a name tag. Excellent. Hey, excellent. excellent. And uh, it was just like the easiest time I've ever had meeting anybody at a party ever. So cool. it was awesome. We'll, so we'll file it away for uh, we'll file it away for future future use. You know. Oh, and um, one last thing. While we were standing in line, I got there probably about five to seven, uh -huh. and it had wrapped three quarters of the way around the building, and actually, it was the it was an enormous line. I did I didn't realize it was going to be that long. Fools. And, <laughs> but I'm standing in line, and somebody's like, "Man, this is huge! It gets bigger every time. Where's left to play?" And some people were thinking either the Rose Garden or maybe even PG Park at this point because it was just. <laughs> There was just such a mass of humanity. It was <laughs> a wall of flesh. It really was. I, I mean, we went on stage and it was uh, it was pretty uh, it was pretty packed in there. It certainly was. So, all right, my friend, thank you for coming out. We're glad you had a good time. Oh, dude, I had an awesome time. Thank you for throwing it, man. Thank and you, sir. For sitting there through all of the um, all the terrible comments. By the way, and this is the last thing I swear. Yeah. Um, Fat boy. Is one of the funniest guys I've ever heard. He killed that it. Was he court, did kill it. Court he and Fat Boy both. Court, court and Fat Boy both killed it on yeah, the roast last night. Yeah, those two night. on the end were yeah. just slamming. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 
at least you began the roast with the, the lack of momentum. I mean, like, if you had ended the roast with those guys, they would have been even more drunk by that point, and it would have just lasted like three hours. Well, you know what it is? We should have brought in a case of beer and put it next to the podium. We, we, had, the whole we, had, we had so much momentum, we felt like we needed to stop down and get another rolling start. So, All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank right, you, man. Thank you. All right. Hi. Uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Uh, I just wanted to say to uh, all the people out there who debated for weeks whether to go or whether not to go, and you didn't go, you chose poorly. Yes. <laughs> and it was, it was, our, it was my first time going with uh, my buddy Eli, and uh, we had a great time. We were we were sitting there when um, when Aaron and uh, Scott were up there, and we were actually watching Lisa going, I wonder how far into this it's going to be before she just really regrets this. Uh, that was my thing, actually. It was about halfway. It was like at the dead grandmother moment. And am I, did I miss this? Now, I think you might have said this earlier, that somebody, was it Scott, that said, that hallucinated a comment Scott, Aaron had made about a dead grandmother? Please to <laughs> Yes, that's what I remember Scott yelling, why are you making fun of my dead grandmother? But it's like, then, but he hadn't. Like, Aaron hadn't even know, said anything. Right, so right. that's when they started shoving each other. <laughs> so it, yeah. it was at that moment that I remember looking at Lisa thinking, oh, God. God, I was very, very, I was very confused. She's I was really like, because all of us, I remember we're all sitting there looking at each other like, this is serious. Wait, I really thought they were going to get into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, and you feel Scott, Scott really thought he had heard that. It wasn't shtick, you know? And it was, I, like, Jody approved these scripts. This must be all right. Uh, I did not know where it was going no. at that point, and I was thinking, oh, my God. I remember seeing the moment, though, when Aaron... <laughs> Aaron, who was just flailing around, looking like he'd been made out of a tea cozy, he, Aaron, <laughs> taking taking his carefully written, typed, laminated index cards and literally just throwing them away, oh, no. and Trump. thinking to myself, <laughs> thinking to myself, oh God, and now my troubles begin, and realizing. Like at any other listener party, it was a weird thing for me too last night because you know Sarah, you know you know I'm a micromanager. Oh yeah. And I we plot out everything minute yeah, to you minute. you all over everything. And back, right. backstage, I can be uh, you know I can be a little anal. Let's just put it that way. I You're can a little, be a little Julie McCoy going on. I yeah, can, serious. I can be a little yeah. I can be a little mommy dearest backstage about how about <laughs> when things need to happen and what is happening when and everybody get in position and whatever. But I'm sitting in the chair realizing like, well I'm being roasted. I can't really get up and take control of this situation. And then, reali- at the end. and then re- and then realizing like, well, Carl's not doing it. Well, the band's not doing it. Dear God! And then I remember thinking to myself, what if they just never quit talking? <laughs> they wouldn't like, have. What if they just went for a half an hour more? No more. Right. I'm like, what are you talking about? An additional <laughs> half an hour. Five minutes. It was Jesus. so un. <laughs> I mean, Aaron's was- like writing me all these like sad, like pathetic emails, like just wallowing in what remains of my writer's pride. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Whatever, Aaron. Get over yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there somebody on? Hello? Oh, hello. Hi. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I forgot you were there. Yeah, hello. I, I, you were you were talking about them just talking forever. Yes. I kind of I kind of got that feeling just now. But yes, thank you. Oh, Thanks nice. so much. Well done. Bye now. Well done. We, What's up? We had a great time. I wanted to uh, give credit to Carl Quick. He was very very funny. Mm, yeah. And uh, Court, I, I don't think I've laughed as hard as when he was up there. <laughs> 
as I have for a long time, man. It was a great party, and for those who didn't make it, shame on you. Make sure you're at the next one. Thank you, my friend. Hey, cool. All right, thank yeah, you. I've never really heard Court and Fat Boy like they, doing their stick. They are they, both they goddamn hilarious. They're they fantastic. Yeah, they oh, killed. Man. They They're killed. Like they really guns. did. Yeah. Uh, and then I, you know, and I kind of did my thing of uh, my thing of batting cleanup, which is in a way kind of the easiest job because you know, <laughs> like everybody's already kind of in a laughing mood and you know whatever. But Court and Fat Boy really they oh machine gunned it. When I lost it. I spit my drink. I think I'm going to spit it on you. Or is that, I yeah, remember there was, there was, which actually felt good because it was so hot in yeah. there. During yeah. storms. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can I say that on the air? What? When, when, when Storm said... Rick Emerson raped me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love yes. my crap. I she did. Thanks, Storm. Yeah. Spit out my butt. I spit all over. I was like standing up. I was like, especially glad that my. Uh, that I was especially glad that it could be said when my wife was about five feet away, yes. sitting next to Davy actually. Starting oh. Storm's fiance yes. and my wife were sitting right next to each other, so that was especially <laughs> awkward and great moment for everybody. Uh, I just did not see that coming. Like, I, I, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, best party ever, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I was up in the balcony with my buddy Chris. We were laughing our asses off up there. God, it was funny. It was uh, it was quite an evening. There's, oh, uh, man, it was, it was only about five degrees cooler up there, though. I have to tell you, oh, well, really? here, here's the thing about the crystal is the crystal was hot, but, you know, inexplicably, downstairs was even hotter. I don't which understand is, that. I don't understand it at all. But because well, we had like 30 people in the green room. ventilation or some kind of something going on upstairs. And I mean, of course, you know, downstairs. and you don't really know this, Lisa, but it's been very cool all week until yesterday. Yesterday wow. was the hottest day of the year so far. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's never like this. Here. It's, it's usually very gloomy. It's wow. never like this, but yesterday kicked Great. in. Boy, did you see Peter Carlin? Though? I thought he was going to sweat to death yes, in front was, of us. I mean, the sweat was pouring he, off of him onto his script. He was, yeah, he was <laughs> half-lifing away. Yes, sir. Rick, one more thing. I just want to say, Sarah, Yes. You, Lisa, and Stormy, hot, hot, hot. Aww. Man, you, you, you guys look great up there. Right, and uh, Court, Court and Fat Boy, we were just laughing. I, I was crying. I was about ready to pee myself. Yeah, they, uh, they really nailed it. They were, they were really True. the knockout punches of the night. No yeah. question about it. All right, thank show, you, my friend. Show ever. Thank you, sir. Hey, yeah, Joni and Todd picked like the. Are, are we going to give like a huge thank you? We will. To we have we to. will give. They, um, awesome. What we're going to do is let's take a. We'll take one more call. We'll take a break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more. We should talk about some of the people maybe behind the scenes. If you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get more of your phone calls around the corner. Steve Kastenbaum will join us uh, later on as well. Uh, and we can film him, uh, fill him with uh, yeah, no, green envy about the fact that he missed it last <laughs> night. Lisa Desjardins <laughs> is in the studio with us. Tim Riley's new news hour. All of that on the way. Stay there. We'll get more of your phone calls in a second. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Pro. Fantastic. Super. Uh, all right. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Even as trash as we normally are after the party today, I set a whole new standard for myself. I haven't written, I'm looking at my legal pad, and it's just an absolute zero. It's a blank. Yes. I mean, there's not a single thing there's written nothing. down. I mean, there's nothing. Really? Not a scribble. There's nothing. A line, nothing. It's nothing. empty. No doodling. Nothing. That's weird. Which is as you, because and not only, I'll show this to Lisa Desjardins <laughs> who's here. I have this matrix that I do every day and that I save. Matrix. Every, Whoa. And then I save every day's matrix oh, look and they're at that. all done with exactly the same structure. Yeah, the same format. I the same see format. it exactly. Today, the same column nothing. structure. Nothing. Yeah. A blank. Today I've got nothing. So, I mean, really, honestly, sometimes you may go, I got nothing today, nothing. 
All right. Um, so we are uh, recapping last night's uh, listener extravaganza. Um, extravaganza. Uh, <laughs> uh, we will continue to get more of your phone calls. Steve Castum, I'm going to be joining us here in a moment. Lisa Desjardins. So how long? Now, can we ask how long yeah. you're here? People, yes. uh, we got an email from somebody who said, um, let's see, um, uh, something. Wait, wait. Ding, no, ding. It's, it's just, coming. No, wait drunkenness, drunkenness. Oh, here we go. Um <laughs> This is a guy talking about uh, Bob spilling the noodles, but he says... Right. Or <laughs> I like that. That's right, though. Said, is Lisa going to be around for the primary on Tuesday? That's I am. I am. It's, this is definitely a twofer. The, the, the original reason, the primary reason, uh, 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 I didn't mean that, uh, for me coming up here was for the show. And I actually had to talk Tyler, my boss, into letting me stay for the primary. you got to be kidding me. You're going to have me go out... For the show, and there's a primary three days. You know, I guess the ne- next Tuesday, right. I'm going to go back. Back? There's no way. You got to got to keep me there. So I'll, I will be here through Wednesday. And there really a lot of people. Uh, we're getting. I shouldn't spoil this. We're getting a lot of credit for being way more intelligent than we are. Cause a lot of people. <laughs> That's so great that you structured the party so it'd be with the primary. Right. So, I mean, it really does look. The primary and the party and you being here all kind of came together in it this did. confluence of events that was not planned. Not at all. Uh, it did just sort of come together that way. So. Right. It was fantastic. Oh, all right. Uh, we got uh, Steve Kastenbaum coming up here in a few. Tim Riley at noon later on. I mean, theoretically, Aaron will be here later on. I mean, it, it's entirely possible that he's still just in a gutter Hanging somewhere, his covered in his own sputum. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Uh, Ooh, hello. Try not to talk so loudly, sir. <laughs> Whoa. Well, uh, three great things. This is Greg and Canby. Yes. Three great things about uh, last night. First, it, like you were saying with Lisa, uh, as much fun as Roop was last year, uh, Lisa did bring a little more sophistication to the occasion <laughs> than, oh, no. than Roop when he came out on stage already drunk at the beginning <laughs> of the night. Dude, that's the other. I mean, we should point out that it's not just Scott and Aaron who actually go on stage already loaded. No, we all started drinking at like six thirty. Uh, but and Roop last year, uh, Roop last year was already many, many cups in. Uh, I yeah, but he he could handle it. Yeah. Better, I think it sounds like he did. Did I have I ever told you the lingering image of Jim Roop from last year's party? I don't. I don't know. I've heard it's many images. Always re. It's always worth retelling. Uh, this moment when uh, uh, we were at this place called um, this place called uh, Barracuda last year, which is where there's the stage, and then the green room is the green room is downstairs at the end of a long staircase. And I remember Susan Reynolds, the marketing director, and I hanging backstage, you know, for a moment, just kind of catching our breath. And we turn and we look down the stairwell, and at the bottom, at the landing of the stairwell, there is Jim Roop. Sunglasses on indoor <laughs> with a huge, like, cardboard, like a tube that, like, Christmas wrapping comes around. <laughs> With a huge tube just blowing into it like it was a trumpet to, to, to no one. To no one. So he's got his sunglasses it. on blowing into a trumpet, and then he puts it down and tries to walk forward and trips over a potted plant and falls out of sight. I, I, see, Greg, you've got to give it up. There's something something so, to that. It's a magical like evening, that. Greg. Right. Well, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention, and, and Sarah and I have talked about this before, the demographics of your audience. I don't know if you were able to tell, but down in the audience, the the, the age range and the gender has really increased from the first uh, listener parties that I've attended. You know, it used to be... Are you you trying to say that we've all gotten old? Just be, you know, come out and say it. Don't gild the lily. There's also more women there, too. That's the other thing. That's key. That's nice. At the risk of, you know, being, you know, waxing our car in public and so forth, I will say that the thing that we always... um, 
The thing that, you know, you struggle with in talk radio on any station is that people get a real perception of what a talk radio audience hmm. looks like. And you say AM station or you say talk radio, and everybody thinks it's just like a bunch of blue hairs in the, in the you know, and like angry Lars Larson listeners. And so it, we always tell people, like, and especially clients, <clears throat> we tell clients and the sales guys, we're like, you know, you really got to come and see the audience and there's a whole cross-section of people that do yeah. not the, typically speaking the conventional wisdom is there are people that don't listen to talk radio and for whatever it's worth we kind of give the lie to that i mean the the audience that listens to us you know is not maybe the audience you would expect to be listening to a talk show which is great so no it was it was very broad and finally mm. uh, a shout out to mcminimans uh, you know when i walked in there and saw hundreds and hundreds of people i thought here we go again it'll take two hours to get a beer those guys really did the job. They were oh, turning good. people around, and uh, I was able to get everything I wanted to drink. Thank you. And they had enough left over for Scott and Aaron, so we can all be grateful <laughs> for that. So, See you uh, on Sunday. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs> hey, I see Jason Crump from Vanish Twin Studios. Why is he in here hey. taking pictures today? Uh, He's just mean. Because I told him to be. I, Why would you do that? Because Lisa's here. Okay. Sorry, Sarah. Why do you hate Lisa and America? <laughs> Why don't you think I the surge is working? <laughs> no Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Rick, Boba Fett here. What's up, sir? How are you? Not much. It was nice to meet uh, the farmer. Yes, oh, uh, yes, Sarah's gentleman friend was there last night looking oh, yeah. uh, exceptionally handsome, I might say. He was looking very yeah. handsome last yes. night. Hey, do you remember that moment where you climbed and were you like giving Joni DeRoshi a lap dance? Uh, I'm not talking to you. Oh, like in the green room? Yes. Yes. Okay. Really? Because if not, I we have not, photos. I, no, I don't give a. I didn't give a lot. I just sat on her. Really? Is that how your memory is replaying <laughs> <Yes>. that, Jason? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to be refreshed, we've got photos. I don't believe uh, so. Okay. That's not the case. Yeah, I just wanted to call and say all those people that you know, three months in advance, they still couldn't get a babysitter, couldn't take the day off, couldn't figure out how to call in sick because we all have sick days when we work. Uh -huh. um, yeah, you missed out and. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey. As, for, as for Jim Roop getting drunk, you know, before the show, <laughs> you know, he just wanted to feel like the rest of us, and, you know, went in Kennewick. <laughs> thank, thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, I feel like we ought to, I mean, uh, I don't know. I feel like we ought to be asking Lisa more observations, but then that sounds uh, like just, that sounds like asking you just to say how great we are. But, I mean, I, you, I don't know what you expected or what you right. were you know, we should talk a little bit about Todd and Joni, actually. Oh, um, gosh, they're phenomenal. Which is, yes. Which yes, is my yes. way of saying, you do that while I refill my coffee nice. cup. Nice, we can do that. The, Todd was amazing. Todd started emailing me, I don't know, a month ago or so. You know, I sent him my initial script, and, of course, I waited forever to send it because, you know, we're all in Pennsylvania primary well, at least, season. You know, at least you didn't send yours at noon yesterday because <laughs> you got one of those. Should we, oh, reve nice. should we reveal who waited until noon to get his and in yesterday? And required an outline? Byron Beck. Really? Who is a writer? He writes a really? column every single week. He <laughs> writes a column on deadline. Right. This they the roasters were. I mean, and I'll say Byron, you know, came and he he did bring it, but I got to. Like six weeks ago, they were told. I right, think. Right, right. Byron, right. as of yesterday morning, hadn't gotten his roast. Oh man! So, so lucky gets... he had those reminiscences. Yes. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> our many homoerotic affairs were fodder for his roasting cannon. But right, no. So Todd was really right, and it, up to the very end, when I needed the address for the station yesterday to get over here, he was all over everything. And so I get there last night. 
And I start talk, I'm talking. One of the first people I talked to is just kind of this nice, tall guy. I'm talking to him. His name's Todd. I, it took me an hour to put together. I said, because I go up to Sarah an <laughs> hour she later. She whispered, and you're like, like, that it was like where's Todd? Todd, the script he? supervisor. He's like, the guy you were just talking to, actually, <laughs> you know, over there. So I was so, and he's like, actually, I like it that way. I like, kind of played on the down low. A lot of people don't really know who I am. Uh, but he was phenomenal and such a great sport. And Joni, I can't even fathom how she does everything she does. Because the video, people who didn't go last night can't appreciate the videos that were put together. But one was, you know, you're kind of, Old school 1940s kind of newsreel celebrity. It was like a Hollywood. Piece. It was like a Hollywood newsreel, sort of yes. in the. Uh, and for the night's Academy Awards, Clark Gable arrives yes. with a lovely lass on his arm. It was one of those old oh, Hollywood newsreel. Films. Great, showing each of them yeah. showing up to the theater. Why it's the Pimp Squad. Oh, that was so fun. Scotty J stuff at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that will be posted on the station website, by the way. Not today. Uh, and but, does Scotty uh, J listen to the show at this point? Could when he his be wife left him. Because, I, I think he has plenty of time to do so. When, because I, I, saw, I didn't recognize her last night. Did you? Did you uh, see her? Well, you might have because this person kept waving at me. I'm like, who the hell is who that? that? You <laughs> might have you might have recognized Scotty J's wife later in her natural state of dragging him to the car right. and yelling at him the whole way. Are you kidding? I didn't say that. See, this is what I was really looking forward to meeting Scotty J. And <laughs> yeah, sure a lot of people were. Rick came and got me. Looking forward to he was looking career. forward yeah. to meeting you, but. Uh, Scott, that Rick, that Rick came and got me, and we ran out to go get him, and it was right, I guess, at that time that uh, Scotty J was uh, uh, on his way home. So who, who yeah, on his way home? In just a moment, we'll welcome Steve Kastenbaum to the uh, to the show, and then we'll get more phone calls, and, I, and I will, we'll tell, <laughs> talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, it was so weird, because she knows that I'm not her biggest fan, and she kept waiting. Huh. I'm like, who is that weird girl who keeps waving at me, like sitting next to Scotty J, and it was her? Yeah. We're, yeah. We'll invite her to your roast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From New York City, seeing a radio correspondent, Steve Castabam. Hello, sir. Hey, I recognize that other... Third hey! What's Hi. up, Steve? Hello. <laughs> uh, how's uh, how's life in the big city, brother? How are things? It's good. Uh, you know, this whole week, it was so hard for me not to give a, give away the secret, you know, to the audience that Lisa was going to be there for the party, and I kept having to bite my tongue every time he talked about it. Yeah, don't worry. Good job. Don't worry. Bob Costantini yeah. took care of that Bob for you yesterday. Bob it yesterday. Oh, I know. Yeah. Good job, Steve. It, exactly. It was hard for me for the last month and a half. I kept thinking <laughs> of bringing it up, but yeah, good job. And I inadvertently threw you a loop, I think, on Monday yeah. when I said, are you on the clock tomorrow? And you're like, no, I'm on Assignment. I had this whole plan where I was going to have you call from the next room yesterday and ah. pretend to be in, like, you know, Georgia or something. I would have done it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I never thought to do it. So. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, well, how are you? How are you, sir? How, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how hungover and filled with pain are you today? It was a crappy morning this morning. I sat in traffic because of the rain, so I'm very pleased to be on the show today and, and <laughs> to hear about all the good things that happened last night. Excellent. Uh, and I know we've got some sound coming up on this uh, on this uh, this George W. Bush thing later on, and I this is simply my assessment of the situation as a pundit and outside observer. I think we were talking yesterday mm -hmm. about the the thing about George W. Bush is I do believe at this point that it. We are so close to running out the clock on that guy's presidency. I mean, just you know, whatever one thinks about him, the finish line really is in sight. And everybody, you know, he's the very definition of kind of a lame duck right now. And as Tim Riley put it, everything George W. Bush says at this point has just become sort of like a vaguely squeaking hamster wheel in the next room. You know, where he gets on stage and he goes, I have a thing to say as the president. But sort of in our heads, it's just sort of... <laughs> and we don't really notice. But I guess... He, but he said something yesterday that... 
What, what is it? He said something yesterday or a couple days ago. It was when he was talking about Barack Obama, and it was, but it was some sort of like an appeasement kind of a thing. Well, here's the thing. He was uh, in Israel, and he was speaking before the Israeli Parliament, known as the Knesset, and other uh, Israeli leaders. And during the speech, he made a veiled attack uh, at Barack Obama. Didn't mention him by name, but I mean, he might as well have just quoted Barack Obama directly. He was talking uh, about people who would negotiate with. Hamas and Iran and other sponsors of terrorism, and he said uh, he basically equated them with people who wanted to appease Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany before World War II, and he talked mm -hmm. about the dangers of doing that, and uh, not just Barack Obama, but Democrats across the U.S. were outraged that the president used a foreign policy event to inject domestic political uh, comments like that, things that were obviously directed at an American audience. He's saying it wasn't. It was there to let Israel know that this is where his presidency stands on the issue, and despite what you've been hearing from some Democrats and, and the fact that Jimmy Carter had spoken to Hamas, his leader, uh, that uh, this is where the U.S. policy stands. But it was, it was clearly, in the eyes of many Democrats, a swipe at Barack Obama. So just a little while ago, Barack Obama was uh, at uh, an event in Waterstown, South Dakota, and he, he fought back. He took some swipes uh, back at both uh, George Bush and at Senator John McCain just moments ago, he said. After almost eight years, I did not think I could be surprised about anything that George Bush says. But I was wrong. And then he went on. The president did something that presidents don't do, and that is launch a political attack targeted towards the domestic market uh, in front of a foreign delegation. And he finally hit his stride. That's exactly the kind of appalling attack that's divided our country and that alienates us from the world. You... And that's why we need change in Washington. That's part of the reason why I'm running for president of the United States of America. So I think you get the drift there. Do you, do you suppose at this point they've just started downsizing George W. Bush's staff and whoever it is that <laughs> like his, his, you know, it looks at his remarks before he makes them has just been let go? No, you know? it's true that actually the White House staff, the, the kind of core players there, all, all left. And actually they, they asked many of them to either, either commit to stay in the next year or you've got to go. And a lot of them have left. So they are, they are going with uh, sort of the, the guys from the bench right now. But you know who's to say the, those guys aren't su super talented. Yeah. But it, it's definitely the second string at this point. And, you know, as Steve points out, John McCain backed up Bush uh, in a speech yesterday as well, sort of also kind of saying yeah, oh, this about Barack Obama, essentially. And he commented about that, too. Uh, he, he said uh, something along the lines of uh, so much for uh, – I forgot exactly what McCain had said prior to yesterday's mark, something about – Bringing a more civil tone. That's right. That. He spoke in the morning about we need more civil discourse in politics, and then in the evening after this remark from the president, President Bush, John McCain, he said, "Oh, that's absolutely right. He backed up the president in this kind of political attack." I do yeah. love the idea of, of George Bush sitting there behind a desk, sort of, you know, very determinedly sharpening a pencil and deciding that he's going to take matters into his own hand and craft all of his own remarks. You know, which is like, <laughs> like sort of the fifth understudy deciding to, you know, that that Noel Coward-esque, uh, you know, that's not, you know, he's going to take it into his own hands. So, all right, my friend. Are you on uh, the clock tomorrow? Uh, or on Monday, rather? You guys aren't. <laughs> on the, I'm sorry. I keep thinking it's Thursday. On Monday, rather. Uh, yes, I will be here Monday. But I, I still haven't heard any stories about Lisa at the 
night. I want to know what happened. Oh, Steve, I feel like I was a complete disappointment in that Jim Roop, like, was just a ball of uh, alcoholic fire last year. You know, I was, I honestly, for some reason, I, I, uh, I, I was doing, as I said this morning, I was complaining, I was doing plenty of shots, but I never, uh, I don't know if my years in Russia finally kicked in or what was going on. Her, her big complaint but, is that she actually is not more hungover yeah, this morning. Yeah, I'm feeling it a little bit. I, had, I definitely hit the uh, Advil jar. But, uh, We've yeah. got a box of wine in the studio fridge if you want no, that. Hey. Like, if you really want to, you know, make up for lost time. So I really, one of my great plans of the night was I was going to try and um, swing dance with Tim. I was hoping both of us would get drunk enough, and it, it never happened. Uh, maybe she's still inebriated and it hasn't worn off yet. She hasn't got to the hungover part yet. Maybe you're like, <laughs> I, maybe you're like one of those, you know, it's like the TV movie where we don't know when you're drunk because you're always drunk. Ooh, maybe. Ooh. All right. So I do, I do strongly suspect that there are times when we speak to, uh, we speak to Jim where he's had a a few the night before, but then it's also an early morning for yeah. him, and he's there. But you know, you can you can never really, you know, he he plays through it. He, he plays through he it does. on an even field all the time. Yeah, solid. Yeah, he is a pro. So there will be uh, there will be photos and uh, whatnots up of a uh, only relatively embarrassing nature up <laughs> on the station side at some point. So we'll uh, we'll keep you in the loop, my friend. Looking forward to it. All right, have a good weekend, Steve. Thank you, brother. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies so, and gentlemen. So ador- and way nicer than even he sounds. It's, ridic- it's disgusting how nice Steve Kastenbaum is. <laughs> disgusting. It is. It's, it's like almost a problem. It's sickening. Give him a few more years in the business. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the rest of us. Uh, let's see here. Um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> let's see. Um, Rick, um, I'm trying to sort through these emails, but it's I'm having, I'm having difficulty <laughs> focusing. I brought you a whole stack of them. Rick, uh, I'm having a tough time convincing my wife to tune into the show. I imbibed, or I'm going to have a tough time convincing my wife to tune into the show. I imbibed many a vodka-laced viso before and during the show, and the night only is recollected in patches. But here are the broad strokes I remember from last night. This is Chris. He says, uh, these, are his, these are his sort of thoughts throughout the night, Chris says. I remember thinking, I can see visible signs of Aaron and Scott physically aging during their roast. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> he then says, I think I may have talked to Scotty J and did a bad impression of him drunk to his face. Oh, God. So I talked to Scotty after. Uh, like I'm seeing Scotty just randomly and be like, hey, Sarah. Looking great, Sarah. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, let me finish this email. Then we'll talk about Scotty and we'll break. We'll come back. If you're on hold, uh, please hang tight. Get more of your calls. Uh, wow, they're awesome. I vomited twice out of a out of a moving vehicle driven by a designated driver. He says not by myself. After arriving home at two, I was still kind of drunk, but still had that per- bad patented viso pep. So I decided to do some dusting. After getting about 15 minutes into it, the viso must have what? the viso must have worn off, and I fell asleep in the hall, which is where my wife found me this morning with a feather duster. Best party ever. All right. That is great. No, it, it's true. I, I had some diesel, I think, one Saturday. I polished all the granite <laughs> in my house. Oh, really? I, I don't know what's in You're out there cleaning the blades of grass with a toothbrush? Um, Here's so, a lot of pep. Let's, let's talk briefly about Scotty. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get more of your phone calls. We'll have uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth uh, and, and so forth. Um, also, uh, we have a, a listener who's writing a, a novel, and uh, part of it takes place in a radio station, a guy named Matthew. <gasps> so he's going to be sort of uh, lurking in the nether regions of the studio today, kind of watching us do a little bit, just sort of uh, observing. So we can be immortalized in print. Um, so Scotty. So Scotty was there at a VIP table with his lovely wife. And um, 
just getting drunker and drunker and drunker. Why do I have to be the bad person? I can be keep saying because I can lay because I because through inflection, Sarah, I can say what you only <laughs> say with cold hard words. Um, but anyway, so at the end of the night, Scotty's there and he's hey Rick, great party, you know, and he's just, I'm just swaying, listing fifty degrees to port, and um, he really wanted to meet you, Lisa, because he's like I've talked to her on the phone yeah. a million times. I love to meet exactly. her in person. <laughs> And I said, I said, hey, well, that's not a, I said, not a problem. And and the thing is, I didn't want to, you know, the, the, to the, the people who were um, uh, doing security downstairs early on in the evening, there were a bunch of people who try everybody because everybody wants to be in the green room and everybody. And I'm not trying to sound like a jerk about it. I'm just saying like the green room is not that big. It was yeah. really small. There's, there's really crowded. two small green rooms for the for a nine person band, right. Nickel Arcade, and all the roasters and all of us on the show. And it's like you just. And plus, everybody's trying to get in show mode. You know, you're trying to focus. You're trying to figure out the band is doing as dumb as it sounds. Breathing exercises and all this stuff living so they can sing. Yeah, yeah, they're singing, living on a prayer together to bond. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> we at one point we 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 kind of quieted down, and in the band room you could all hear them singing an acapella, living on a prayer as like their cool before show bonding moment. It, it was, was like so the cute. most righteous really thing cute. ever. But um, you know, so you can't have everybody in the green room. So um, and so they they were being real, real, you know, real. Plus, there was another reason why the person downstairs wasn't. No, that's true. That's not just a story. That was true. That was true. What? That the the screener. That perhaps I guess there might have been a person downstairs who was working the door. That perhaps maybe somebody who was in the green room slept with and never called again. No. <laughs> yeah, and perhaps that's why that person was uh, snippy. Not very nice to us. <laughs> okay, I'll get you tell pretty, me later. Pretty brutal, yeah. She, it, yeah. Or, she, but I thought something was going on. I was like, obviously something's going on in, in this person's life here. I'm not Seriously, because into that it. person was being yeah. very rude. And well, I'm like, what I was like, it's, it's not us. It's something, you know. So they had to be really hardcore about who they let in. So I didn't, I was like, you know, I'm not going to take Scotty down there because it's the whole thing. I'm like, I'll just go get Lisa and I'll, and I'll bring Lisa up and, you know, Scotty will meet her or whatever. Yeah. So I come to get you and I'm like, hey, Scotty J, he's upstairs. He really wants to meet you. And so we go upstairs and I can't find him. And we're yelling. We're yelling through the hall. Scotty and so Lisa's yelling. so great. You're like walking down the hall, striding down the hall like you're going through Valhalla, just going, Scotty J. And, and Lisa is like throwing open every door, looking behind every she counter. Like out of my way. Like, you are, like you're tearing through there, searching for Scotty J. And finally somebody comes up. Uh, and she's like, hey, um, yeah, so Scotty's not here. And I said, well, what? I said, I brought Lisa Desjardins to me. She's like, yeah, I just saw his wife forcefully pushing him right. out the door and yelling at him the entire way. Oh. So I don't know, and I really don't know what just that was one about. one eyewitness account, but it's all we got. But it's from somebody fairly reliable, and, uh, you know. So apparently they just saw Scotty b- being pushed out of the door by his wife, who was screaming at him every step of the way. Mm. So the more things change, you know, the more they don't. So, well, Scotty, uh, I, mean, I guess hello to you if you're listening. That's the best I got. It's Poor a shame. Sap. We look for you. Yeah. Well, best intentions. Yeah. Best laid plans of mice and man and Scotty J. Um, all right. If you are on hold, hang tight. We'll come back. We'll do more phone calls momentarily. We'll take a break. Back after this, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. More with Lisa Desjardins. We continue to wrap up and recap Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, which happened uh, last night. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. More of your calls after this. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 
You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Lisa Desjardins in the studio with us. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth in just moments. Uh, later on, we'll talk to senior radio correspondent Ed McCarthy. Rick, this says all caps, wow, 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 wow. It's 6 in the a.m. and I am attempting to get ready for work. My head is humming. My eyes are filled with burning pain and I feel like death. And this is from one of our many mail carriers. Just another day of delivering the people's mail. Thanks to all who had a hand in last night's party. By the way, I got an email here from Todd the Corpse, who was our uh, fantastic script supervisor. And we'll talk more about... I'm going to make a note to myself on my perfectly blank legal pad of things we need to do. The very first mark's going on it right More about now. Todd. More about Joni. Right. That's got a great email from this. Storm. I think she's... Fast. Showed it to you as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. I'm making a notice of stuff we got to do. Let me read this one thing, then we'll get a couple calls, and we'll go to Tim Riley. Did you grab my box of porn? Because I left mine there. No. Oh. I think if you left it there, I think Brian from Emerson Starship took it. Okay. Because he came up later and he's like, is this box of porn spoken for? And I said, well, you're holding it. So maybe it's yours. And he said, that's what I thought. And then he just, like, walked off. So uh, this is from Todd the Corpse, who was the script supervisor uh, for last night. And he and Joni DeRoshi actually shared that title. But he was he was kind of the, the, the first line of defense. He went through all the scripts. He also co-wrote for some people. He also ghost-wrote. And I'm not ashamed to admit, he gave me a couple of my jokes as well. Um, the joke about um, Aaron... The joke about Aaron having, like, as his life's, uh, at, you know, all the show for his life was a big collection of tentacle porn. That was Todd's joke. Mm. Uh, the joke about Aaron um, having his, you know, uh, he's in music, he's in, or he's in comics, he's in movies, he's in radio. Is there any medium at which you can't fail? That was Todd's joke, too. Um, Who wrote the jokes he threw on the floor and never read? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen to this. Really it's funny you ask that. So Todd is the one who is... Along with Joni, responsible for coordinating and making sure that everybody's jokes were sort of streamlined and that nobody overlapped and that everything sort of had, you know, flow to it. And give us substance. He says, Rick, I'm looking over my notes of when Joni and I initially met up about the scripts. After going over Scott and Aaron's, Joni's just had a big underlined comment. It said... Send Aaron and Scott notes about their weird jokes. Also, also, there seems to be no ending. So they actually had as far back Joni as like a week. actually saw it, right. They, they had notes to themselves saying there is no ending. And we found out last night there was, in fact, not only no ending, there was no end. Uh, anyway, and then he has, uh, uh, I'll just finish this out. He says, um. Uh, he says the best summation of what a Rick Emerson show party happened to ta- uh, of what a Rick Emerson show party is took place in the green room. It was a complete distillation of the randomness of the audience and show topics. It was when Sarah and some other girl oh, were, Heather. Heather were standing on the back of a couch uh. singing share songs to each other, while Sarah's boyfriend, me and Laura, were talking about the specifics of. Pa- of I'm, I didn't the say farmer. farmer. I didn't want yeah. people to think his name is Farmer. Yeah. But about pasteurizing and homogenizing milk. So that at one end of the green room last night there was there was. <laughs> I remember singing if I could turn back time because the couch was so squishy. There was at one end of the room Sarah and Heather all standing on top of a sh- of sofa singing share songs while the farmer and Todd and my wife are talking about like past like milking cows or something. Um says uh, let's see um as the roast started he and so he apparently wrote down some notes to himself. These are Todd's notes from the roast. As the roast started, he wrote down, Peter is looking at the crowd with a face that says, what sort of freak show did I agree to be a part of? <laughs> um, Timmy Ryan was creepily lint-rolling himself. It was a horrible thing to see. It was Say the worst Timmy thing. Ryan and his woman were grinding on each other, apparently. Seriously? Like, I, they uh, they were like one step away from taking <laughs> each other's clothes off. It was so gross. What else? When Lisa Desjardins was up there, some <laughs> drunk gross. guy behind me just kept shouting, she's hot, over and over and over. <laughs> 
During Tim's video, people just kept wooing whenever Tim would say alcohol or pot, not in any of the actual awesome jokes. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Aaron, Aaron really... Aaron really visually mouthed the word wow to Rick when Scott started talking about a dead grandfather. Um, let's see. Um, uh, and that, anyway. that story is evolving. I think by this time next year, I, I'm not even sure what the He'll story is going to be. come back to life by next year. Right. It's going to be like the grandmother and the grandfather who died in World War II, both of them. Here's the thing. is By, and, by next year, Aaron and Scott going first at the roast will be like that story we now hear about the monkeys opening for Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> or Jimi Hendrix opening right, for the monkeys. Right. Whatever I wish it was. Exactly right. of that. I'm glad that no one has a recording of that. <laughs> because maybe if we heard it again, it would be funnier. I think <laughs> That's it's... true. If we actually could focus on it, maybe we could get it. Oh, I don't know. Wow. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's do uh, like two calls, then we'll uh, kick off the new news hour here at 1212. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Good afternoon, Rick. Hi. Hey, so, uh, first of all, I wanted to say that everybody on stage looked fabulous last night. Hey. If they didn't actually um, <laughs> behave all that well. Yes. It was, so, by the way, no, I don't even know if it was a great or terrible idea to, in addition to having mics at the podium, to have mics at the roasting <laughs> dais. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that worked out pretty well, I thought. Yeah. Because all I remember is at one point, somebody somebody made a crack at somebody. Like, somebody made a joke about Storm. And I couldn't see it, but I heard a microphone get picked up, and I heard Storm say, look, jackass. And I was like, oh, God, it's on. It's, it's completely on. All right. Yes? What else, sir? Well, okay. So um, I, I wanted, you know, a couple observations I, I had is, is that uh, Goodfellas has the record for the most F-bombs uh, in a movie, 256, yes, something sir. like that. And Court and Fatboy actually topped that in the first 15 minutes. They were righteous. They were really, really good, and they made it work, too. And when you were talking, uh, this is uh, going to go uh, be a throwback, but there was a, a fellow that had too many adult libations mm -hmm. and uh, struggled to get out, uh, fell down. Security uh, very kindly escorted but I thought, oh, this would be a perfect time for a don't tase me bro joke. Somebody told me that there was a beat down that happened, too. I didn't see it, but somebody yeah, told me security well, had to beat a guy down. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he kind of beat himself down trying to walk and just found the ground. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, All right, well, bro. hey, thanks. It was worth the wait. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, first show and uh, uh, first party I've ever gone to. Won't miss another. Thank you, my friend. All right, uh, there you go. One more, and then we'll kick off the noon news hour. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. Hey, yes, it's you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hello. I'm sorry. I've never been on the radio. Um, you know, that's funny. The last caller, um, I saw that beat down. And, uh, and I bought the guys that that help the security guards. What is? <laughs> I bought them beers. What is? What is? What is your name? Uh, Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. So you, so you now you did you see the beat down or were you with the guy that got beat down? I was I missed uh, something. Here. No, I, I well I was I was next to it, and I don't really know what happened, but there was an argument and and the guy was a butt. <laughs> Actually. And, <laughs> okay. And, um, and and I bought the guys that got the security guards beers. Oh, excellent! So you so you thanked the guys who blew the whistle by getting them some alcohol. Good for you. Well Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Right. Excellent. 
Um, Lisa, Hi. you are so fabulous. Oh, oh my geez. gosh. Thank I, it, was, you. it was such a wonderful, my boyfriend totally pegged it that you were going to be the one that was the surprise guest. And, and well you done. weren't even pimping the surprise guest. <laughs> but, well, um, it, it was, it was great. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much, Lorette. Beautiful, you were such a be- you, you are such a beautiful lady. Well, radio helps to lower expectations, so that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, 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 no. And plus, and she he, was standing next to me, it. so you know, oh. I mean, really, I, I, I yeah, lower the bar even further. You, Rick, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. What's your boyfriend's name? My boyfriend's name is Jeff. All Good right. job, Jeff. He Jeff, it. Jeff and Lorette. Well, thank you guys for coming out. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Wait, oh, 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 we're yeah. the ones that sent you that creepy jib-jab thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. And Sarah and Tim. That is creepy, actually. I've never seen that, yeah. But it's funny as hell, isn't it? Well, <laughs> well thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Guys. Bye. All right, there you go. Okay, we'll do, if you're, we'll get, uh, in a moment, Chemo has a Lisa Desjardins comment. We'll get Matt, uh, Jim in a second. So hang on, more of your calls in just one moment. This, however, is your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour. From AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A heat advisory remains in effect till 8 o'clock tonight. This was southwest Washington and northwest Oregon. From the coast to the Cascade Foothills and in the western Columbia River Gorge. The National Weather Service in Portland has issued a heat advisory. This is going to be the hottest day of the year so far. Temperature expected to reach 97 degrees by 5 o'clock. Currently, it is 76 degrees. And you can bet that uh, people have drowned already. That's because they didn't wear their life preservers. So please do so. Otherwise, you too will end up being a victim. Uh, then some lady got a ticket for leaving her kid in her SUV to get her nails done yesterday. A passerby heard the child crying in the hot car, alerted authorities, and the woman was ticketed. I don't know how much she was charged. So it says here, don't leave your children or pets in cars in the sun. You think people know that, but they don't. So they Was I here? Of course it's here. Oh. Yeah. So it's probably in uh, Clackamas County or something, probably. <laughs> you have no idea. You guys, I know. This is as a third uh, Clackamas County reference I've, I've uh, heard well, in the last uh, ten minutes or so. It's, uh, it, is, it is its own particular slice of the bottom of the gene pool. It does I mean, have a, I like the sound of the name, though. I mean, look, I'm no, one to, uh, I'm, no one, I'm no one to talk because I live in a neighborhood where my truck has been stolen right. three different times. Which, um, which was a joke that I tossed out because Aaron and Scott went too long. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron and Scott. <laughs> yeah, They're the gift it. that kept on giving. Uh, so Clackamas is our own sort of, I mean, it's its kind of our own little Oki Finoki swamp. Okay. You know? So here's Tim Riley. And that's just one of them, really. But yeah. That's our preferred one. So the state election officials are reminding you that if you're mailing in your ballot today, it's the last day to do so if you wanted to get it there in time. Uh, they can be dropped off at county offices or at drop sites. And uh, a lot of places you can drop them off that day, like I know where I live, over in the western suburbs, they have the uh, the box collectors, and they're at the uh, main library, especially. So cool that you guys do that. The more I read about that mail-in yeah. vote, it, it really is cool. Yeah, well, isn't it great? We don't even have to go to the polls. Oh, here. speaking of which, we at some point today, Lisa, we should ask you about, oh, first of all, I got this. Yeah. This is why you should never vote, by the way, because I got this <laughs> jury duty summons that uh, I have to get out of. So. Oh, yeah, you got me out of mine last You know time. how long this is for? Eight weeks. 
Must Whoa. be a big murder. It's like a federal trial. So, by the way, telling you right now, by, by however I, I'm telling you right now, this, this probably a terrorist. Yeah, that's a. That's, it's a grand jury deal. It sounds like could be a, a number of things. That's not a thing that can happen. So. Wow. Anyway, so that's okay. Can't I just use uh, my position in the media to get out of this by saying that I'm going to hang that guilty bastard yeah, right if now? You, if you say yeah. that, then yeah, they probably. Seriously, they because uh, Rick Emerson yes. believes in law and order, and I don't care how flimsy the evidence is or by what <laughs> duress his confession was obtained he ought to be strung up by his buster browns so all right um and now we, you're on record too so the, the defense attorney can just look up this podcast true. that's what i'm saying after him they um, all listen uh we also <laughs> have this dave zinn who's the gatekeeper here at the front um he brought in. We want. We'll get to this later on in the program. But he brought in his ballot. Uh, oh, great! To help, he wanted some help filling it out. Okay. Uh, and so we were just having the audience go through and tell him how to vote for everything. Okay. Um. And so, but we have some questions specifically for you. Not necessarily. They're not about Oregon things as such. They're about kind of the wording of some ballots. Oh, right. Oh, so, that's a fascinating area. Yeah. Yeah. So. And right. bizarre. Anyway, yeah. here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, Oregon's time of the national presidential campaign spotlight is proving to be expensive for you taxpayers. The main cost comes in the form of overtime pay for the cops. They move the candidates in and around the state to protect them while they're here. For example, it cost Eugene over $29,000 when Barack Obama visited the University of Oregon on the 21st. Then Hillary Clinton's early April Eugene stop ranked up over $27,000. And that's just one stop in one city. And, of course, uh, Lisa Desjardins probably doesn't know, but the Republicans are afraid to come downtown to Portland. Usually, they uh, they hold their... Is that because up. of all the vegans? Uh, probably. No. I think they, just, they want to be able to make a quick escape. That's every time... I mean, there they're is, always at the airport. When Democrats oh, come to town, oh, they come right into the heart of the city. Democrats, independents, Greens, whatever. They come Not right to the heart of the city, to PSU, to wherever... Republicans, without fail, they go to the Sheraton at the airport. The Jetport. Oh, really? And, and I think it's like so. The minute, uh, uh, the minute they see somebody who doesn't look like them, they know that a plane <laughs> is within running distance. Like they can sort of sprint. Uh, you know, they can sort of sprint like uh, you know, uh, just uh, like Bond style at the last moment and leap onto the Lear and get away. So. Right. Yeah. And then I think the president came here maybe a couple of years ago, and he went to a college here, uh-huh. and, and they had a little protest cage with the protesters right, right. way, way far away. Right. Like they couldn't even get close. That's what you should see in Washington. Same thing. The protesters are kept many blocks away. No, they have little protest anything. ghettos. They do. And, and it started actually uh, in most force with this latest inauguration because it was the first inauguration after 9-11. So, Which I think is, yeah, yeah. It's, a recent, it's a recent sort of, I remember That's seeing, right. uh, I think it was actually Michael Moore who talked about a lot of that. I think it was one of the conventions where, they were keeping them like on a different street and like behind That's cyclone right. fences. That's or what something. they were doing in Boston at yeah. the Democratic convention. Or you know, and how, how about of course at the uh, the Crawford Ranch, they kept all the protesters you know <laughs> like a couple miles <laughs> down the road Seriously. from the White House. Speaking yeah, of speaking of, of the Crawford Ranch, can we all just acknowledge for a moment just how I, I mean. How much brush is there really at the front? <laughs> what can he be clearing at this point? <laughs> How much is there to do? Yeah, it's it's a, a fair question. Yeah, I, perhaps when he's gone, they actually bring Perfect. in new uh, brush. And I do sure. love the idea that he was trying to pass it off that his that his daughter uh, uh, was it Laura? Is that the one who just got married? Jenna. 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 The, the idea that, Jenna, that it's every girl's dream to be married at a ranch. Uh, no, 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 she'd much rather be married at a ranch than at the White House. There's uh, Nobody wants to get married at the White House with a huge state ceremony. She'd much rather be married on a vast expanse of arid nothingness. <laughs> Although, it's, that seems legit. I don't know. Well, for, 
I, but I, so and now you may have already talked about this. I was, I was busy kind of uh, filtering through some stuff that I want to get to, to some questions for Lisa. But somebody said yesterday, I forget who it was. Somebody, I think it was Fat Boy. He was saying yesterday that that Obama. He's, they're going to be doing an event at the Crystal Ballroom. Is that right? You know, he said that I I have not seen that in my in for he was saying for Tuesday night. But it was like a, some sort of a victory, sort of like yeah, he, because he's going to carry Oregon. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, so. and you know, we've talked about this before. What's significant is Oregon will put him over the top in pledge delegates, yeah. most likely. So that's a big moment, and that's when he can kind of say, "Yep, you know, it's, I'm going to be the nominee, uh, or should be the nominee." He can make it the argument more forcefully. The Traffic I've seen on where he'll be Tuesday night has indicated he may actually be in a different state, maybe maybe even Michigan, uh, Florida, one of you know those two states that are still sort of in limbo. But you know maybe maybe he might be here. I don't know. But there may I might like, I might be behind. I don't know. It's well look. I can tell you this. At least we can sort of keep track uh, of what's going on with the Obama campaign. Trying to get anybody from the Clinton campaign to even like Tim at one <laughs> point called. It was like an endless phone ring, and you just pictured a, like a ring, lone phone ring, 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 ring. ringing in an empty room. A phone at would th- call at three a.m. See what happens then. Never being right. answered. And then when they did call back, it was like some ancient crone of a woman. We'll have somebody get right back yeah. to you. Three days went by, no one got back to us. Yeah, they they have. Re- I mean, now she is as as you know, she's here today, so she's not completely writing off Oregon. I was planning but... to stalk her this evening, actually. Cause she's Are you gonna? To... I want to go see that hair in person. I mean, I'm telling you, it. Well, it's not there. Are, there is a lot of impressive hair in Washington, but she is among those I, uh, serious hair. I, I want to see her hair too. I want to see her outfits, like one of her power suits with the scarf. She's very well put together. She washes up well. The, uh, I carry a little political torch for Mrs. Clinton. There's I know no you do. Around, I know. So. You know. And actually, this reminds me that I have um, some presents for you and Sarah. Really? Now you brought presents? a shot glass for me uh, last I got night. A shot actually, glass. I did. It's, it's I brought, Richie. I brought, did you steal something from the White House? Did you steal a lock of Dana Perino's hair? Well, I can work on it. Actually, Noodles is the one who gets closest to really? uh, Dana oh, Perino. Oh. Yeah, Noodles. Um, this is the geekiest thing I could find in Washington. But for you, uh, Rick, a Hillary Clinton deck of playing cards. Fantastic. And for Sarah, the Barack Obama. Oh, and more. these are so super geeky. Oh, each, my God. Each playing card has the picture of a Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton supporter. You are the coolest. So, this is the greatest. So Sarah's got ever. like a George Clooney card. I can't remember what I've number. I've got Charlie Wrangle. You've got Charlie. What, what is he? He's uh, He is uh, Hillary. No, but what's his? Uh, he's the, he, the king of? Or... Uh, no, it's uh, we've got um, Terry McAuliffe, who's the ten of spades. Charlie <laughs> Wrangle is the nine President of spades. President Bush is the joker. Oh, and then, wah, look wah. at that. <laughs> Hillary Clinton is the queen, is the that's king of awesome. hearts. She's the king of hearts. That's <laughs> So there you go. I couldn't resist. Oh, these are great, Lisa. These are completely are great. Oh, this is going to be Washington hours geeky? of entertainment. Exactly. That's what I thought. These are going to so, go right yeah. up in my office next to that human skull. Fantastic. <laughs> so there you go. You'll always Wonderful. have that no matter what happens to Hillary. Jimmy oh. Carter. And all we've given you is the gift of shame and uh, regret. <laughs> I feel I feel so bad about that. Uh, Not even a hangover. But uh, to a couple more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hi, uh, there's only one thing that would ever call me to call, call the Rick Emerson show. What is that, and sir? That would be Lisa Desjardins. Oh, Thanks geez, so much. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, I, so I, wanted, <laughs> I, I wanted to tell you this story because about a year ago I got turned on to the Rick Emerson show because of you, Lisa. Oh, my gosh, wow. I was, wow. I was uh, trying to find some just knowledge, some political hmm. you know, news, trying to catch up on it, and, and I caught you and Rick having your little banter. <laughs> And have been hooked ever since, oh. and uh, just wanted to thank you so much for what you do and and how 
bright and pleasant you come across. Wow, you know that is because so, in radio a lot of times it really does feel like there's you're just you're just you and the microphone. You're not convinced anyone really is actually listening. Oh, we so. have that feeling every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just I'm also hoping that uh, uh, Rick's uh, good mood with his callers today is actually because of you. And hopefully that he doesn't rub his evilness off on See, you. You know, we're all kind of looking at each other. Am I Am I not normally in a good mood? I'm always in a pleasant mood. Rick Emerson is nothing but peachy, you bastard. You're one of the grumpiest people I know. Yeah, but it's, but it's in an endearingly charm. It's like yeah, in a Walter Matthau kind of way. Snap and have a mental breakdown on air. That was only once. Built, but that's like also why year. I keep listening, Rick. And that was, that was directed at the salespeople. <laughs> all right, what is your name, sir? Uh, Timo. All right, you spreading hey. the word about the program? I have actually my girlfriend listens to, so hopefully she doesn't get me and I get in trouble because no. she's actually called when uh, when you were on the air. She's actually said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your Lisa time." So. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, I'll stop Jeez. guessing over here. Thank you, you my friend. Uh, thank all you. Right. All right, there you go. Thank you. Oh, man, right. John Edwards is a good-looking guy. He's Another guy with great guy. hair. Wow. More yeah. perfect hair. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Hi. What's up? Do you mind if I tell you how great you guys I are? I think your phone's... Hold on, I think someone's tapping your phone. <laughs> oh, is that me? With the old alligator clips. Tapping. It's a... Never mind. Go ahead. What's up? <laughs> um, well, I just want to thank you for the most wonderful evening in the whole wide world. Uh, top it off, mm -hmm. uh, my friend was the guy that wrote the movie for... That Tim Riley was in. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Tim Riley's uh, film, which oh, was fantastic. Cool. It was fantastic. It was great. I got a shout out from Peter Carlin as Matt the janitor. Are you the guy that that, that, that you are you the guy that accosted him at his kid's school and you made the joke about the uh, this is the sound of me whacking it against the desk? Yes. It yeah. Is. Right. Uh, let's see. Do I actually have? Oh, you've got to have. Well, that. see, but I lost. I think I lost a bunch of my sounders, and I don't know that I have that one. Oh, it's the whole um, upgrade thing. Hold on. Let's see if I've got the. Uh, let's see if I've got this. I think I might. Is this it? No, that's not. Uh, I don't have the, the sound of Peter. We had the Peter Carlin call the show one day, and he was lording the fact that he had the Shield season premiere ah. on DVD because he gets it early. And I'm like, hey, dude, have you seen? You know, what, what do you know about the Shield? And he's like, hey, you know, I've actually got. He goes, I've actually got the Shield season premiere in my hand. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. That's the sound of me whacking it against the desk, <laughs> which we excerpted out and have played a thousand times. Peter going, this is the sound of me whacking it against the desk. And so apparently that guy collared him at a school, at his school function. It was like, oh. hey, this is the sound of me whacking it against the desk, Peter Carlin. So anyway, all right. Well, I'm glad you could make him uh, a little embarrassed. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say is I uh, hope you enjoyed the Izzy Stradlin shirt I gave you. That was, I didn't get even get a chance to talk about that. So I got some really cool stuff that people sort of brought and gave me last night. First mm. of all, this guy, Edward, and we'll talk more about this, gave me the most bitchin' lamp. It's a lamp made out of a drum kit. Whoa. It's like a tom, you know, one of the toms, and then a hi-hat, and then the stand for the hi-hat is the stand for the lamp, and there's a lamp inside of it. It's, I'm doing a, a terrible job of describing wow. it, but it's like a full-on lamp made out of parts of a drum kit. It's like the best thing ever. And then you came up and you gave me an Izzy Stradlin shirt uh, because we how I missed that tour. Uh, and you, you bastard, had gotten to go. And uh, so huh. uh, that shirt is fantastic. It's like worth its weight in gold because he just doesn't tour anymore. So, so thank you, my friend. We're glad you made it out. And I also got to meet Lisa Desjardins, and she said hello to me. And the only thing that would have made it a perfect night is meeting Sarah, but she was Aww. very busy. But it was busy, and then there was we were running so behind, and this is we do have to sort of 
Yeah, yeah I'm sorry that I didn't get to work the crowd more. That was I, I, got, I met like a, you know hundreds of people, but yeah, and I feel I, like I didn't get a chance to fully. We didn't. I will say we didn't get a chance to really play, press the flesh as much as we normally do, and that's because uh, the roast went. And I, I don't mean right. I'm really all kidding aside. I don't really want to lay it all on on, it's on, not all on Scott fault. and Aaron. It's not all Aaron and Scott's fault. But everything you know went kind of late. We went long, and then we had to do the changeover for Nickel Arcade, and then Storm decided to join them, and then Emerson Starship played, and it was and it was it was. Uh, I mean, I, I will tell you this, that at one point, I didn't think this was possible. And I don't mean to be all about the glory of us, but at one point, uh, the Crystal says that they had to stop letting people in, which I didn't think was possible because the place is a freaking barn. Uh, so they passed a 1,000 people last night on the clicker at the door, and at that point, they hit it. That was their cutoff point for, for legal capacity with chairs. And they hit a thousand people, and the guy that was like a thousand people. That's it. No one else comes in. Uh, and so there were. I, 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 in a way, I feel like I have to apologize. People are like, Rick, will I be able to get in? And we're like, No problem. We'll never fill it. And come walk ten miles to get there. So there was a guy. Uh, was a guy who I think had walked a quarter of a mile on the crutches and oh, got there. No. He got in, but I think he had to wait because until somebody else went out, and then he like was went in. But oh. um, so. Because of that, for a lot of it, we didn't really get to work the room as, as often as we wanted to. The good, the trade-off was that we did kind of get to be on stage and be out there, and we were kind of, you know, up to sort of interact with the crowd via the roast for, you know, for a huge chunk of the night. So, but we're glad you got to meet Lisa. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, my friend. Yeah, the only thing better would have been if my last name was Forbert. Oh, <laughs> creepy. All right, thank you, thank you, sir. Bye. All right, bye now. Here's let's do one more with Tim. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More phone calls. So if you're on hold, hang tight. Uh, we're here with Lisa Desjardins and McCarthy coming up. This is Tim Riley. Where is Hillary? You ask. At this exact moment, she is in Junction City, attending the Solutions for the American Economy event. This event is not open to the public. Now, who on earth? In Junction City is talking about the future of the American economy. I have no idea. And not letting anybody else in. It says this event is not open to the public. Okay. Then tonight at KGW, it's a town hall with Hillary Clinton. But it's not a regular town hall. It is by invitation only and only with invited undecided voters. Now, how on earth did they go out in the street and... <laughs> so is that do they poll people? Or do they go out and they go literally go door to door? It's and then a combination. The TV station probably has a, a, a significant role, and also the Democratic part. Her, her campaign often they've got the list, and they'll 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 work together with the TV station often to figure out who gets invited. So it's, yeah. a, it's a cross section of what might look good on like uh, the, the Price is Right that type of audience. You know that's what the TV station would want, but the Clinton campaign what they want is they want the people they think they can win over. So it'll be some combination. So yeah, so she'd like those you know those middle aged uh, you know ladies. That's that's who she'd like to see there. But this TV station will try and make it a little more diverse. So did I misunderstand you when you said earlier if Obama wins Oregon is that it? No, that, yeah. To be more clear, he right now Obama needs to get the nomination. Either candidate needs 2,026 votes at convention. They need 2,026 delegates. And for you geeks out there who say it's 2,025, Lisa, you're wrong. It, it has recently changed just in the last couple of days. So it's 2,026, and essentially that's made up of your super delegates, their part, and your pledge delegates, which come from all these state races. Oregon will put Obama over the top to get a majority of those pledge delegates, those state races. And most people say, hey, if you've won these primaries right. and caucuses, how, how can how can the party of Al Gore deny you the nomination right, if right. you've if you've won that? Uh, but you know she'll make an argument maybe if she gets the popular vote. So but he's going to make a huge deal out of it and he's going to say this this should seal the deal. I have more people in more states, more delegates 
uh, from those states than, than she has. And then where are we with Michigan and Florida? Or do uh, we even, I mean, is it just so a that's, huge that's not even gonna count cluster? Yet. Is it well, right now? Yeah, matter? it's a cluster. It looks like right now because Obama. Now something, anything could happen, but if Obama continues this trend, if it, it looks like everyone is starting to kind of admit that what's going to happen is Obama will get the nomination, she'll back down, they'll make they'll make up, hold hands, and then they'll give Michigan and Florida all their delegates, but their delegates will all go to Obama. All right, or or if Clinton does get the nomination somehow, they would go to her. So they're just waiting until this ends, and then they'll just, you know, get go with whoever wins. By the way, I should read this. Uh, I'm reading a lot of emails from Todd the Corpse today, but that is uh, that is uh, after lurking behind the scenes for no, weeks. He gets he deserves so much credit. <laughs> um, he really and dealing with all of our neurotic personalities, all of the last minute <laughs> being true. like, how are we And I was running by. I should you know, as much as I was giving crap to Byron Beck for getting his roast in yesterday, I was still adding jokes at like. Six o'clock last night. I had I was still adding. I was editing mine on stage. Yeah, we were writing on stage. Mm-hmm. I was driving there, and I was like, I need another joke for so and so. I'm like speaking out loud to myself in the car, trying to come up with something funny. And I, you know, and I, I mean, I, and I'm I'm really, you know, we always say that we have the greatest jobs on earth. So I, you know, we the complaining is all relative. But I was just, uh, you know, the last couple days before the party, Sarah was, you know, really kind of amped up and, you know, very getting, you know, just oh, I was really very freaked out. No. I mean, just, but I mean, you know, really, I mean, it's just, just, yeah, so much energy where you're sort of like keyed up for days. Mm. Like, I want to do well. That's I why do I think well, I'm I so like well. lethargic today because I've been such nervous energy for it, like for weeks. And then Joni and I were on this, you know, mostly Joni, but I mean, I was kind of given my, my input on my thoughts on this death march to get the videos done and edited and finished those intro films and just little things like the house music and, you know, what getting a huge you know, rubber fist from Taboo, which we'll talk about later. Um, but so by the time yesterday hit, I couldn't tell what was funny, what wasn't <laughs> funny. I couldn't tell of anything I was saying. I mean, it was, so I went up to Todd and I said, I said, hey, I got a joke, you know, blah, 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 to screw in a light bulb, blah, 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 whatever the joke is. And I'm like, please just say yes or no. I don't, I can't change it anymore. I don't even know how to be funny at this point. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay, done. <laughs> and then I went and I sat on that stage hydrated or not, under those lights yeah. for about 90 minutes, just sweating and then laughing because it was all really, really funny, uh, either, you know, intentionally <laughs> or not, uh, and just laughing and just so I was fatigued. You know, when you and when you find something really, really funny, like you've ever laughed a really good stand-up comedy routine and you just are exhausted from laughing? So I got 90 minutes of laughing. We end with Court and Fatboy who just kill it. Right. I'm exhausted and then I get up there and, you know, I got to try to be funny and I mean, it was just... And so by the end of it, like, you know, people would come to me like, hey, Rick, you know, in a great show, love the show, let's, you know, can you stay? And in the pictures, I must just look like a zombie. <laughs> I mean, I must look like I came from the zombie prom because I can't even imagine how pale and deathly I looked by the end of the evening. I but, felt like you had some real bounce when you were up there. I felt like you three at the end were the best, like, solid roasters, like, according to what a roaster should be. You three got it done. I think I sort of, like found my center you know and yeah. just but anyway so but todd todd really is the glue that held everything together in terms of the roasting scripts he says but here's something you may not know he says rick when i was sitting behind tim some dude spilled a drink under tim's chair he didn't notice but i saw it getting dangerously close to tim's shoes i went backstage to find some help but since i knew that tim should not be disturbed in any way i asked for the towel myself i then proceeded to crawl under tim's chair to clean up the spill while making sure he didn't know what was going on oh my tim's God. shoes were saved and i felt it was my own personal tribute to tim that he never knew how close he came to his shoes being moistened 
And then he signs it, I'm a giver. So uh, there you go. I, I don't know how to thank you. I had no idea that was going on. So was that that towel that got thrown? That there, there was oh, a that towel? gross one that Aaron was like rubbing all over there his face, so and then people were oh, using God. it to, oh, yeah. to wipe their feet. It was really nasty. Oh, yeah. God. Let's take a break. We come back. We'll get yeah, more of your if phone that means calls. That Joni got so because she was sitting right next to my chair. Does she know? Perhaps she had a wet bottom and was walking around with I it. I have no, no idea. Oh no. You know, by the end of the night, I think everybody was just covered in a combination of just like fear, sweat. And and just in alcohol and just whatever. So I mean, it's just you know. We'll take a break. We'll come back. If you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get the, some more of your calls. We'll talk to one of our sponsors around the corner as well. More from Tim Riley, Lisa Desjardins in the studio, Ed McCarthy still to come, Sarah X Dillon, and myself. It is the day after Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Stay there. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Oh, we have somebody who witnessed the fight last night. All right. Uh, well, we'll do that in a moment. So if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get back to you in just a second. This is Tim Riley. So as far as uh, Barack Obama goes Sunday, he will be at Portland's Waterfront Park at 1230. And he's bringing his wife with him this time. So uh, that seems interesting. And Tim, Tim you and I are going to go. That's right. So it's 12.30, so you might see Lisa and I. I'm sorry, I'm busy. Uh, if it doesn't sound as though I'm engaged at this moment, it's because I was swallowing a mouthful of coffee. And then Rick and I were trying to, like, lip read. I was looking at Sarah, and I was swallowing this coffee. And let me tell you why. I was going to have uh, a Viso now, because it because it is crisp and refreshing. Why not have um, a Viso? Why not have several of them before you go to bed, Tim? <laughs> why not have, like, three of them at around 10 o'clock at night? Yeah, I think I'll go outside and work in my garden at 3.30. Um, but uh, I decided to have coffee instead, because when Lisa Desjardins came in the studio today, she brought a large box of what I, box of what I just assumed were donuts because it's in like the, it's in the big you know the, 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 the donut, donut box. box right. But she opened it and it's what is it bagels and like coffee cake. Now and some muffins. did somebody tell you to bring coffee cake? No, I just love coffee cake. Okay, well that's a little no bit idea. of weird kismet then because one of my real true weaknesses is coffee cake. Uh, especially the sort of Starbuckian variety, which is exactly what that. Yes, that's true. That's so, right. Yes. So uh, that's, that's why my I'm... Starbucks order actually. Uh, yeah. So I'm that's now weird. having a cup of coffee so that I can get even fatter because the roast is done. <laughs> Effort. I'm going to get as huge and bald as I possibly can. <laughs> Who cares? So in any event, so I, if you hear like a lot of <laughs> coming from like Java-like noises coming from the microphone in a second, it's going to be me ingesting coffee cake. So everybody's just going to have to be okay with that. Here's Tim Riley. So then we have John Edwards, who says he will absolutely not be running as vice presidential candidate with Barack Obama, even if he wins the Democratic presidential nomination. No, it won't happen. This is not something I'm interested in. Right now, we've got to focus on getting Barack Obama uh, elected president of the United States, and then we'll worry about those things. So there. So who's going to be the vice president? It's not going to be Hillary. Well, because but when they say that they don't want the vice president, is that always kind of like when somebody says they don't want to, you know? They... Isn't that funny? Yeah, every, whether you want it or not, you have to say you don't want it. Is so that you like... have no way of knowing, usually, if they mean that or it's not. It's like saying you don't, you know, it, it's like it's like how you have to offer to pick up the check. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me pay true. for this. Are you no, sure? No, really. Right. No, let me. No, no, no. We should split. No, no, no. Do, well, right. okay. But, I mean, if you right. want me to, I'll take care of the tip, maybe, just right. in the tip. That's All right. right. 
So Unless somebody goes to the bathroom and then you know they're not getting it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, dude. Well, you don't even know. So speaking of that, so last year again, all Did roads you just lead. Call to... Lisa a dude? No. Yeah. It's a colloquial dude. I'll roll with so it. Yeah. All, all roads lead to Jim Roop. So last year. <laughs> That's true. So here's. I, I don't even remember. Was it Roop that got stuck with it? He did. Roop got stuck with the bill last year. So after the listener party last year, uh, <laughs> Jim and uh, uh, our friend uh, Lo, who's uh, it was a listener who came up from Vegas for the mm, event, cool. uh, and yeah. um, I think maybe Brad and some other guys. Who else? Chris, so a bunch of so Jim and a bunch of listeners, folks from the show, all go out someplace last year, and it was. It might have been Oba or someplace sort of nice. I mean, it was a place a little upscale, and they're all there, and you know, what everybody's eating and drinking and making merry after the after the party, and um, and as Jim later described the story, he later looked up and he was the only person left at the <laughs> table, and everybody was gone, and it was, and of course, the, and it, that's right when the guy arrives with it, Monsieur the check, you know, and there's the check on a silver tray, and it was like hundreds and hundreds oh, of dollars, no. and the best thing I did, and I asked Jim about it. I mean, I didn't find this until months after the fact. Like six months later, I found out that he got stuck with the bill for all wow. of that. And I asked him, I said, I said, hey, so did, did CNN, you know, did CNN reimburse you for that? And he just kind of went, no. Right. No, like, it was just like the most scornful, derisive laugh. <laughs> so, you know, all things being equal, I mean, I suppose it could have been worse. You could have been nailed Jeez, with like a $400 yeah. table bill. So. Holy cow. Ugh, but, uh, you know, it, on this vice presidential question, he's got a, he's got many an option. It, you know, and again, assuming Barack Obama becomes the nominee, there is there is still a way that Hillary Clinton could do it. It's very unlikely, but it, there's a way she could do it for sure. Uh, but he he needs someone with that national security credential. You know, you, you know, I've heard you talk about that too before, Tim. So that's you know, I I I kind of like a Wes Clark. I think that's a good fit for Obama. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, let's see. This is let's welcome now. Is this uh, Tom? Hello, Mr. Emerson. Hello, Tom. Tom from uh, Taboo Adult Video, one of our many fine sponsors, and one of the sponsors of last night's listener party and the providers of the gigantic mystery boxes of Taboo Surprises. Hey. hey. What did you think? Um, well, here's the thing. Well, Somebody stole my mystery box full of prizes. Is oh. that true? Uh, Brian, true. Brian, by the way, from the band. replace that? <laughs> Brian, Brian from the band has weighed in to say, he says, my box of porn is not Sarah's. It was placed directly in my hands by one of the fine 970 AM t-shirt clad young women milling about the show. Unfortunately, my five-year-old daughter has an affinity for wrapped gifts. Um, oh. No, no, no. But see, so, so cur- he said, fortunately, it is currently well hidden and still unopened. Thanks for everything, Brian. Um, so That sounds like a lot of over-explaining, Brian. Yeah. Uh, so there were the many, many, so there were the, the regular sort of gift bags, and we had uh, Viso and the fine folks at Powell's uh, you know what? books. Let me tell you, this, you know, I got to tell you about this Viso stuff, because I'm not an experienced Viso drinker, and I happened to get one of your free samples yesterday, and I'm sitting here cleaning the house for my wife's bunko party. What is going yeah. on? Yeah, it, it makes you my a God, I had person. no idea there's 300 milligrams of caffeine in this thing. No, it is, uh, it is, Holy cow. it's like jamming a plutonium rod right into your cortex. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Well, uh, I'm a fan now, let me tell you. It was great. So that was part of the gift pack. That was, And then Powell's books from Cedar Hills Crossing had some things. And then there were these, and we had a picture of these up on the website. There was this big pile of sort of brightly wrapped sort of boxes or tubs or whatever from, from you guys. And, and actually, I wasn't even around when anybody opened there. So I, I'm actually sort of unclear as to what was in there. Sarah, did you, did you not get one? No, I opened it and then, uh, and then, like, I was called to the stage or something, so I didn't get a chance to look in it. So, well, I'm, I'm going to bring your Jimi Hendrix DVD next week, so I will make sure, Sarah, if it's okay, I will bring another box specifically designed for you. So this is the, I'm okay with that. And this is the much-discussed and legally disputed Jimi Hendrix uh, sex tape that Vivid put out. 
Absolutely. It comes out Tuesday, and we are one of the few places there you can get it. Uh, we should also... We're the only one I know of in I the should, Northwest. I should take a moment I'm also to thank... I'm holding it in my hands, and it really... Oh, Whoa. sorry. It just dropped it on the counter. It really got a little bit of short shrift last night because the band was playing, and it, it was, things were sort of happening at a mile a minute, um, but... I'll get I'll get a photo of this and put it on the website. They do this when they do the Friars Club roast. They do this thing at the end where Alan King or whoever comes out and they give the roastie a big crystal flame, uh, you know, that has their name and the name of the event or whatever. Um, if, if you were not uh, able to see this last night when we held it up on stage, Carl Click presented me with mounted on a sort of marble plaque a gigantic latex fist, <laughs> and it just says "Fist of Honor, Emerson's 11, May 15, 2008." Um, and really, there's nothing that says love like a giant anatomically correct rubbery hand. I mean, well, I, I want to say thanks to uh, Doc Johnson for uh, providing the hand for your plaque, and I think the plaque turned out awesome. Yeah, it is. It is really great, and I know that there's there was a a green wrapped box for me that was actually oh. delivered that I haven't opened yet. Did you get your eight by ten? I was just going to say that, and the final thing. So I have the fist. We have the I have the green box that I haven't opened yet, and then of course. This you had actually. Um, I gotten an email uh, about a week ago. You said, "Hey, I'm you know we're going to the like a, what is that like a trade show or a convention or something?" Uh, I go to all the conventions and trade shows, but I, uh, I I I wheeled and dealed that picture for you last week, and I just got it uh, sent up to me yesterday. And so, so uh, I don't know if I, and I may have mentioned this on the every like. So if you need any you know any autographs, if any you know any of the you know the adult stars, or you wanted an autograph or whatever. And I asked Sarah. I said, "Hey, so." I said, hey, do, do, is there any porn star that you want the autograph of? And what did you say? You said that you had Ron Jeremy's, like, because he kissed you on the cheek, didn't he, Ron Jeremy? Really? No, he actually got my mouth. Oh! oh. oh. Yeah. So I think Sarah said, like, I remember he was like, he was like, Sarah, I've got to tell you something. And I'm like, what? And I kept leading, he's like, he's like, I'm going to tell you something. Bowser. Exactly. And I turned my face and he just went, bam. Bam. And then I did, and then I had all these, like, disinfecting wipes, and I'm, like, rubbing them all over my face and right in front of him. I think I kind of hurt his feelings. So, Sarah, does the farmer know about that? So, Sarah (laughs) noted that that having been kissed by Ron Jeremy, there was really no autograph that could carry any sort of weight with her. She's kind of been to the mountain. But but I immediately replied, uh, my my go-to, I think every generation or whatever has the go-to name-checking porn star, and mine is always Brandy Taylor. And I just said, hey, if you see Brandy Taylor, you know, have her, have, her, have, her, have her give me a little something. And so what What to my wondering eyes should appear today, but Bridget uh, walked into my office holding an autographed uh, Brandy Taylor glossy no, photo for me. So, so thank you. So I'm in your debt, sir. Wow. Oh, not a problem. I appreciate it. It was an awesome show. We had a really good time. Uh, thanks from Ken and myself. Um, you guys did a great job at uh, last night's show. Sarah looked amazing. Um, KUFO guys were great. Yeah, yeah, they uh, killed I it. They really did. I'm a, I'm a new Channel 2 watcher after uh, listening to Carl. He was <laughs> a lot a lot better than I ever anticipated he would be. Uh, Carl, and he made, and you know what? And he had the pink tie, pink cummerbund, and he made it work. Uh, he did make, you know, when I first saw him, I, hmm, hmm, that was he my made it thing. work. I looked at him in that pink outfit, and I'm yeah. like, really? I'm like, really? Is that what you're going to wear? You know, and not that I'm a fashion play, but dude, and, but he, yeah, he, he rocked it. He really did. So, well, thank well, you to you guys it, and guys. all of it. Yeah. So your support is always appreciated, my friend. Thank you, Tom. 
Yeah, not a problem. And if you whatever you guys need, let me know, and we'll uh, we'll drop some goodies off to you next week. Sarah will drop off another list of porn stars she wishes to be kissed by. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, All sir. Right, All right, there you go. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. I never heard that part of the story that he that yes, he got. Yes, remember he was in there cutting light. No, it was like it was like really really quick. But I was just like, yeah. and I, I physically recoiled. <laughs> and he was. I think I really hurt his feelings because I had all these like sand, like these, you know, the pure yeah, wipes. Pure wipes. <laughs> and I'm like rubbing wipes. them on my face. It burns. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, what time is? Oh, you're listening to KCMD Portland uh, <laughs> for reasons that pass understanding. <laughs> I think Lisa Desjardins in the studio hey. with us. Uh, in just a few minutes, we'll talk to senior radio correspondent Ed McCarthy as well. Uh, we'll get back to the phones in just a moment. This is Tim Riley. Well, now Barack Obama and the White House also seconds this. That the president, in his recent comments, was not talking about Barack Obama. Frankly, there is no evidence out there that I've ever t- suggested we should engage terrorists. So obviously it didn't apply to me. So there. He says he's uh, always been clear on his uh, stance on Hamas, and he challenges John McCain to a debate. If John McCain wants to meet me anywhere, anytime, to have a debate about our respective policies in Iraq, Iran, Middle East, or around the world, that is a conversation I'm happy to have. Did you hear that uh, that quote from Hillary, uh, was it yesterday, where she sort of had the Freudian slip and she said, to reference to voting for McCain and not Obama? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was uh, much... Uh, much There's a lot going on there, it's true. But, you know, I... I w- it would be fascinating if Obama did debate McCain at this point. That would just be harsh on, on Hillary. Yeah. But you know, that is, it is a very strange thing. We had Steve Kastenbaum talking about this appeasement issue from President Bush before. And the truth is, the White House spokeswoman, Dana Verino, I know you're, you know. I do love her. Fish, many, many a man is fond of her. Uh, she said yesterday, point blank, he was not referring to Barack Obama, but behind the scenes, uh, there are a slew of CNN emails from people working at the White House saying, their sources admit, yes, we, we are going after Obama and President, former President Carter and Nancy Pelosi. They're going after all the Democrats, but they, they are trying to include Barack Obama in that yesterday by those remarks. Well, you know what that is? When, no. when, when they claim that he wasn't talking about Barack Obama, you know what that's like? That's like on this show when somebody... Uh, usually Sarah or myself, is talking uh, about somebody, and we'll go, and, and, and we'll say, no, 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 it, you know, it's nobody on the show. It's, uh, you know, it's nobody that you know personally. But there's somebody we know that is unbelievably, like, and, we'll, and, we will, and we will be sort of relating a shameful or awful anecdote about somebody, but we will give a usually false disclaimer that it's no one associated with the program. And it's always somebody from the program. That's the thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we'll always say, now, look, this isn't anybody at CBS, but we know somebody who is the most vile human being imaginable. Nobody here of course. <laughs> Nobody who works down the hall. But let me tell you, and it's always the person down the hall, but you like have to claim that it's not because that is that is what pundits and spin masters call plausible deniability, right? Mm, yes. So, yes. All right. So it's a little it's a, it's questionable. So now the scene. It was Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter. Well, because, because right. that's what's on the president's mind. Because he's the easiest target, right? Because you can say he Jimmy did Carter meet really, with Hamas. Who's right. going to stand up and defend Jimmy Carter either? Like people got better things to do. There's, I mean, really, that's, right. you can you can take all the pot shots at him you want. He's, he's a big boy. He's yeah. the shemp of the, uh, the presidential <laughs> oh, world in many, in many ways. I mean, but then on the other hand, Jimmy Carter can take you know take his own lumps at this point. Who cares? You know, he he he's doing what he wants to do. Go ahead, hit me, big deal. What are you going to do? He's just a big walking liver spot at this point. Oh. <laughs> Oh. oh, in a sweater. 
in a sweater. He does have sort of a Mr. Rogers thing going going on with him vaguely. Jimmy Carter does seem like one of those guys that sort of slipped through like a wormhole in the space-time continuum <laughs> to become president. Like a guy who can never be president now because right. he's just so beta in every way. But you know what? In Hillary Clinton's biography, she tells a story um, about when she met Jimmy Carter and she and Bill were, you know, these up-and-coming kind of Democratic uh, politicos. And... Uh, she, they met him, and Bill Clinton was convinced to jump on board the Jimmy Carter train because Jimmy Carter just went up to them and said, I'm going to be president, and you can join me or not, which seems strange to us now, the way we see Jimmy Carter, kind of, you know, at, what at year funerals for been? children poets. Uh, well, that must have been sometime in the 70s. Well, I don't know what year it was that they were organizing. But, I mean, when it went, I mean for Jimmy Carter to say, I'm... Three, I'm guessing, something like that. Four. For him to say I'm gonna be president, though, didn't that probably didn't take a lot of stones at that point because I mean, obviously there was a millstone about, around Richard Nixon that was just, you know, that was taking that the whole party down. But he was far from the leading candidate for the Democrats. I mean, until until, until you're getting New into Hampshire. is that right. true? Yeah, yeah. Until New Hampshire. So it really it really was sort of uh, pretty gutsy for you know, and he is seen as this mild manner mild-mannered uh, farmer from Georgia. I right. can't talk now. Uh, but And she says, Hillary, in her book, that they really were both taken aback. And here was this guy who, who didn't seem ambitious at all, but was incredibly ambitious. Is he one of those guys that has the, the soft veneer? You know, he has the... Uh, That's what she says. The uh, you know, I don't folks know. exterior, you know, but on the inside. You know, because you hear about guys like that sometimes where it's very, you know, where the public persona is very sort of accommodating and right. very sort of gentle, but then, I mean, there's like the real hardball inside. He's a unique hybrid, I think, Jimmy Carter. I think he's, he's, he's someone that at once is sort of this gentleman farmer guy. Uh, and soft-spoken, but I think he is—he is—he gen was genuinely ambitious. By the way, can I talk? Can I just point out the greatness uh, of this program? That in the space of six minutes, we've gone from talking about Ron Jeremy and a rubber <laughs> fist to talking about the New Hampshire primary as it relates to the election of Jimmy Carter post Watergate. So, I mean, you know, FYI. Well, we all have varying interests, right. and we all gather around the same table. Hey. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show, sir, and madam, as the case may be. Hello. 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 It's you. Oops. Hi. Hi. Just take all, take all the time you need. Hey, how's it going? My name's Roy. Um, I was one of the writers for uh, Tim Riley's uh, short film. Oh, great. <laughs> it was well done, sir. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, I just wanted to call and uh, tell you guys once again a great time last night. I'm, I'm a short-term listener. I got turned on to the show by Matt the Janitor, as you all may have heard by now. And um, it wasn't until I started working with Tim Riley and he started pressuring me on the podcast because I worked during the time the program's on that I started becoming a daily listener. And I really had a great time working with Tim, and I'd like to thank you guys for giving us such a great audience to view our program for the first time. The film did go over very well. The people embraced it, it sir. Yes. So congratulations on a uh, on a successful product, my and, friend. And it is not very often that a local film gets to be exposed to such a deserving audience and a big one. No, and it's a, and it really did hit the audience right where they uh, right where their comedy was. <laughs> yeah. They really did they really did uh, go for it wholeheartedly. So, all right, congratulations, sir. Well done. Well, thank you all, and uh, congratulations, congratulations to all of you for 11 years as well. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, there you go. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's do... Uh, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, kids. It's Mailman Brian. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, I feel like death. <laughs> Welcome to the our best world. time in the world. Rick, it was a pleasure to meet you, and everybody... Sorry, sorry I didn't get to meet you, sir, but another time, another place. 
Tim Riley, I did not look at you. I want you to know I did not look at Wait, you. At no point did anybody make eye contact with you or try to touch you. <laughs> and, and neither did I look around to see the audience. <laughs> Except for that one time. <laughs> I mean, my, my eyes are riveted on the stage to that uh, butterfly uh, twirling around. Uh, Always look over the tops of their heads, Tim. Yes. All right. Anyways, and uh, uh, to Lisa Desjardins, it was a pleasure to meet you, and thank you so much. And uh, my, my friend Kelly got a picture of... Of me and you, hey. you giving me a hug, yeah. and my wife is uh, wondering now. So, uh, and, and, and to Jason, uh, yeah, was Jason there man. then? I don't know if Jason was. He around. was. Okay. How, is it is it impolite of us to ask how Jason sort of? Um, I don't know how he how he kind of feels. Right. I mean, how does he sort of? Because you and I had this conversation right. last night, actually. Thank you, Brian. Thank uh, you so thank much, you. thank you, sir. You and I actually had this conversation last night uh, backstage. You were talking about how. Um, I forget exactly how yeah. you phrased it, but you said, like, do you ever sort of step away and sort of get the third-person right. view of this all? And I think, you know, a lot of times, as it were, you know, in the entertainment industry, which is, you know, uh, and, and you are to some degree not in the entertainment right. industry, but in the broadcast industry, yeah, and they yeah. sort of intermingle. In it, yeah. Well, um, Washington is kind of like Hollywood for the East Coast. That's exactly, you know, it is the <laughs> so show sad. business of the East Coast. Yes. But I think a lot of times people in the broadcasting or entertainment industry uh, end up with people, uh, significant others, who are... Who are not of that world, right, you know? Where you, right. you know, you, you typically, I mean, you know, you know, the, 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 where you know, like, you know, my wife is just very much, uh, she's. Uh, you know, content to sort of, you know, let me do my juvenile foolishness, right, right. you know, and she has a respectable job. She works for the government. Right. And, you know, she kind of does her thing. And meanwhile, I'm out there going, look at me, look at me, look at me, <laughs> <laughs> like juggling and twirling things and dancing, yeah. uh, right. you know, and then, uh, you know, Sarah is the same way where sometimes the people around her, be her friends or whoever, uh, just are not necessarily of the, you know, in the same kind of industry. And you do got to get to see it from their perspective occasionally. I where thought it's... when my friends were all sitting in the tables in front, and I'm just like, this is weird. They must think I'm just so bizarre. Seriously, and we're up there making, like, penis jokes, and, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just all insane. So how does Jason, yeah. I mean, was he weirded out, I mean, if I can ask? Is he, it... you know, it, I think in a good way, actually, he, he just could not believe the love uh, that we were getting, and, and even actually, he himself got a he lot got, of he love. He got like a quasi ovation at one yeah, point. Yeah, it was really weird because he yeah. was ready for people to throw stuff at him. He, you know, he had he had. Oh, the, they'd uh, already gotten that out of their system. Exactly. He, he already had the unfortunate appearance on the show <laughs> that uh, he he now and it took him a while. It took a week before he and I actually could talk about that appearance when he was here. Really? Yeah, because he, he really he really thought like that that he was pretty funny and it, it took a while well sometimes... and me saving and me saving the sound and having to play it back to him to be it's uh no well, not really so this cool. is the, this is awkward. when he made a phone appearance on the show and uh and it didn't necessarily go as well as he thought but one thing we have learned lisa is sometimes people are performing and they think they're being hilarious and entertaining the entire uh the entire crowd and that's not really the case. Goes. Well, the, funny, the thing is, he is actually really funny, but I think when you're not a host of a show, I th he, he sort of miscalculated what his role, you know, it was really more like, hey, let's meet this, this guy that we hear so much about, and he kind of thought he was expected to be, anyway, it doesn't matter. So he was expect he was expecting, uh, you know, some tomatoes in, in the eyeball, and got a tremendous amount of love, so he, we were walking away last night after we left, and he said, wow, it must be really weird for real celebrities because that, that was he could people we really it was hard for us to walk around because everywhere we went people stopped and were you know wanting to talk to us and grab pictures and which was awesome for me because i never get to talk to the people that hear my stories and it was phenomenal that he was just sort of blown away it was very surreal for him but he loved it now and this, so then how did he 
Because do you remember the guy at the end of the night that <laughs> yes. wanted a hug? This is what he's telling you. But then yes. full on embraced yes. you, picked you up yes. off your feet, and then wouldn't let you go. Yes, he would not let me go. And Jason was right oh, there. Lord. It and was like the hug that. Yes. It, it was like a hug version of Scott and Aaron's roast. It started, it was awkward, and there was no end and to it. And there was it. no And he just. And I kind of was just sort of there, all, you know, crunched up. I couldn't really move too much. And, and this is the same guy who I think either during that move or right after that move, was very loudly smelling my hair. <laughs> so, remember? Like, it was really loud and really weird. And, you know, and he's smelling your hair? He was really, like, overtly smelling you know my hair. I love our but, listeners, but that's creepy. And he made a comment to him and goes, and you smell really good, Lisa. Yeah, and that's what he it was like. It was like that. right away. And then he asked at one point, I thought he was joking, and he said, hey, well, could maybe you could just sort of be my girlfriend for, like, you know, temp- I can't remember if he said for a few minutes. I didn't hear that. He said something like that, and I was like, "Oh, ha ha!" And he said, "No, no, really." What? Wow! No. <laughs> and I, I was like, uh, "Huh? No, I don't think I could really do that." So that is the story that Jason is telling. Like that's when he called his buddy. This one, he's like, "Dude, there was this guy. Jesus. It was it was really creepy. I I didn't really know what to do because uh, he like he does like to kind of defend me, but he he was it was a fan situation, so." He, he was like, it was weird. I should tell you, actually, <laughs> that when we were first, and this is going to be Ed McCarthy joining us here in a moment, that more of your phone calls, more of Tim Riley, Lisa Desjardins here. I should say that when we were first talking to Tyler about you coming out and <sighs> being here and whatever, and you know, and Tyler was very cool with it. He knows that Rube awesome. had a great time. The guy right. really loved Rube. And Tyler did have this one. He goes, well, he goes, is there... You know, is she going to have a driver? Is she gonna, And this is before we knew you were driving <laughs> really? yourself down. Well, because right. we thought oh, you were going to be flying into Portland. that's right. That's right. And he said, well, is there going to be somebody, you know, kind of driving her around? And I said, well, we could probably get somebody. And, and, and you know, and he said, okay. He goes, because, uh, he said, you know, because I just, uh, he goes, I saw the video of that party where Roop was. And he goes, uh, I just don't want her manhandled in any way. <laughs> and I said, well, that's, you know, that's a that's a fair point. The audience is fairly, <laughs> is fairly enthusiastic. But Jason, Jason, your husband and I had this kind of moment, this sort of, this sort of bonding as men really? moment yesterday. It was, I don't know about this. I'm not well. You had a bonding moment with Jason? Yeah. Well, wow. sort of. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, it's all kind of, I, I hate, I almost don't want to talk about it because it, it's sort of awkward. But I mean. We only have Lisa on today. I think you should talk about okay, it. Okay. And then we'll get out of here in just a second. But it is, it is sort of awkward because um, it's sort of like Sarah and I who are. Uh, Sarah and I have a, 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 a warm sibling-like relationship, we always say. But right, it, is, right. it is working together, all three of us, Tim, right. Sarah, and myself. It is right. in its own way. An in, it. it is an own, in its own way an intimate relationship. Yes. You know? Right. Yes. And well, so, we spend more time together than we do other people. Oh, really? Yeah, anyone else. Really true. No, it is true. Every day. And for years. The sad and reality. And for years. We've made nothing of our lives. <laughs> well, we all joined together here. <laughs> My whole existence has been a waste. Wow. But, you know, but, you know, if Sarah, you know, if Sarah has a special gentleman friend or whatever, there is always kind of uh, like a weird sort of vibe between Sarah and myself and maybe if she's dating somebody. Oh. Because it's like there's the guy who is maybe her, you know, right. her boyfriend or her right. romantic partner or whatever, whoever. And then there's me, and I have this weird, very intimate but platonic relationship with Sarah. And there's always a little bit of the, you know, it's like the. I hate, I hate to put it this way, but it's almost like the dad and the and the and the guy looking at each other on prom night while the girl's getting ready. <laughs> right. Where it's like there's the boyfriend ready to take out the daughter, and I'm the dad, <laughs> and it's like we're polite, but there's like this sort of weird tension kind of between us. Well, when I'm like with you and Laura, because I always say the most inappropriate things. That's the same thing in front of my wife. Sarah uh, will say something. Every time, because I don't realize how we talk to each other yeah. until it's in front of Laura, and then I'm talking to him, and I'll say something like, "Oh yeah, that's the you want to make her your special friend." Yeah, best. Oh like, no, right? Be. Best 
example is that we were we were at a social event one time and my wife was there and Sarah and I just spend so much time with each other we just speak very plainly and a girl walked by and Sarah immediately turned to me and said, "Oh yeah, I bet you know, I bet you oh, want to make her no. your special pet." My wife is like six inches away. Oh no! As Sarah that is, is horribly awkward. Openly speculating on some other girl right. that I'm that for I'm you. hot She's for. Like yeah. You out. Right. Um. Anyway, but so there was this weird moment with, and I and I apologize to Ed. We'll get to you in like five seconds. Sorry, Ed. There was this weird moment last night though, when it was right around the time the, the guy had smelled your hair and asked to be your boyfriend. <laughs> And there were still some of, you know, listeners kind of floating around, right. some of whom, you know, are maybe more than casual fans. They, you know, maybe want a lock of your hair to make him <laughs> do a little doll at home. And I had to go backstage and start getting my stuff together. And right. there was a lot of things. I was kind of talking to the band about some stuff. So there was this kind of awkward moment where you were sort of talking to the guy. And, and I kind of pulled Jason aside and I said, uh, I said, okay, I'm going to go backstage. Are we, uh, is everything okay? Are you, uh, are you going to be, is everything going to be handled here? And. And he said, yeah, I said, okay, are you cool with the guys? Are you, is everything, you know, with the guys are kind of right. floating around? Is it, do you need any whatever? And he's like, no, I think I got it from here. But it was like a weird, I, wow. hate, to, I hate to sort of talk about that you this way. That is interesting. And, I, and it sounds condescending, and I mean to, but it was like a weird handing you off kind of moment. Because <laughs> I would, you know, been trying to sort of shadow you a little bit and make yeah. sure that n nothing weird happened. Yeah, you were checking in with And he and I were sort good. of like, tag, you know, yeah. and then it became, then he was on Lisa Patrol from then on. So. That's actually kind of cool. I think yeah. it's pretty sweet. It was all very weird. I mean, not like you call me sweetie or anything. Let's welcome now to the Rick Patterson Show. I will call him sweetie. He's Ed McCarthy from the South. Hello, uh, sir. Rick, how are you? And Lisa, how are you? Ed, my friend, how you doing? I'm great, thank you. You having a good time out there? Oh, it's ridiculous, yes. So how's, I mean, uh, you know, Ed, the next thing, so we've had Roop here, we've had uh, Lisa here. At some point, we'll lay in a supply of vodka and cranberry juice, and we'll uh, roll you and Kathy on up here. Uh, Are you having a heat wave out there? It is 97 degrees supposed to be today. Isn't that great? We were there in California last week, and we froze. The minute we leave, you get a heat wave. We could have used that last week. And it was really nice and temperate until the day of the listener party yesterday, and that's when it hit like 93 degrees, and it just became a living hell on earth. So. Yeah, how many people passed out during that? I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> I know that the door clicker only went up to 1,000 people, and past that, they didn't even count. And wow. I... We were doing a roast last night at the centerpiece of this party, and one of our roasters, a guy named Peter Carlin, who's a, a journalist here... I thought that he was just going to end up a pile of dust at the podium. He was losing so much, so much perspiration. I mean, it was unreal. It was almost like uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they opened the ark. So, totally. <laughs> you, you expect it. You expect it just like tote for his head. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. <laughs> it, uh -huh. was, it was. It was insane, my friend. So, and I know that the last time this happened, I know Rupe posted a little internal blog. Or something about ah, it. Ah, that's right. I need to do that. So you might have to. We did uh, the CNN radio blog. Like sort of an inside, uh, yes. you know, kind of a. So maybe you'll get to release his recap of the. Uh, of the <laughs> I know. I look forward to that. I know there is there is some actual uh, news happening. Now we had a little just the, just the briefest headline about this. I think it was yesterday afternoon, but this sort of this sort of uh, interests people in, in Oregon because you know we're we're a fairly progressive state, but. So I, I'm unclear about how this works. So California did this thing. The California Supreme Court, they they struck down, but they de facto legalized same-sex marriage or domestic partnerships or unions or something like that? What they did was they struck down the ban on the same-sex marriage, uh, and they are calling it a basic civil right. Now, San Francisco uh, couples and groups, they sued over the ban, so the San Francisco officials were 
ecstatic uh, over this ruling, but there are some other conservatives now continuing the fight, and they say that they're going to uh, place it or get placed on the November ballot. Uh, now, the governor, Arnold, he says that he's going to respect the ruling and uh, he will uphold it. So in 30 days now, this uh, goes into effect, and basically same-sex marriage can uh, become an issue uh, possibly now down the road in the presidential election. That'll be something else for Lisa to talk about. <laughs> now, haven't they, haven't they already done this whole rigmarole where the people voted and then it was approved and then something? I mean, haven't they kind of done this? They've looped this racetrack a couple times already, haven't they? Yeah, basically they had uh, several uh, gay groups, uh, had uh, lesbian and gay groups had uh, sued, saying they were victims of unlawful discrimination. So there was a lower court ruling uh, that uh, said they had acted unlawfully in issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples. So now this ruling kind of came out of the blue to a lot of legal experts because uh, this court, uh, this California Supreme Court, is uh, rather on the conservative side. So six of seven uh, judges uh, are Republican appointees. So it was really uh, pretty amazing. The, uh, the mayor of San Francisco, he says, this uh, opens the door very wide right now. And, uh, it is it just sort does. of a, a perfect, horrible confluence, though, that this comes in 2008, where it can be a big, because that was the big thing in 2004, was the so-called, you know, the, the social values or social issues kind of being used to drive up the vote of evangelicals and, you know, the turnout of those folks. Yeah, you got it. These other groups are out there now, though. They're uh, promising a long fight. Uh, the groups opposed to the same-sex marriage, uh, they reacted quite strongly. One group statement read, the California Supreme Court engaged in the worst kind of judicial activism, abandoning its role as an objective interpreter of the law. So. I mean, uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is like more fuel for me to just uh, form. I'm just going to form the political party of the leave me the hell alone party. That's really <laughs> where I would like to be at this point. Just leave me alone and let me do what I want to do. All right. Ellen, Ellen, De Ellen DeGeneres, by the way, will be announcing on her show uh, today. I guess they taped it yesterday, so it, it airs today. That uh, she is uh, getting married. She to the smoking hot portion of Rossi. Smoking hot, that's yeah. true. It's really true. All right, excellent. Thank you, Ed, Ed McCarthy. Hey. All right, great to talk Good with you. Good talking to you, Ed. Yeah. All right, and have fun out there, Lisa. Behave. Uh, done, done, right. and done. Have a uh, you and Kathy have a vodka <laughs> for us, my friend. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Ed McCarthy. There you go. That's CNN radio correspondent. I'm not touching anything. Nor am I. No one heard that. Nope. We'll take that out in post. Okay. All right. Uh, Rick, this email says, question for Lisa. If she knows when we will actually know the results mm. of the Oregon primary, how long will it take them to count our ballots? It takes them a while to open all those envelopes, or how right. do they, or do they plan on doing any exit polling, et cetera, et cetera? They start counting uh, on Tuesday morning with the ballots that they have already received at that point. So it's for us, for CNN and other news networks, it's a, sort of a dream primary because many of the ballots, in fact, it's possible that most of the ballots that will be filed altogether will be counted by 8 p.m. when ballots have to be in. So we expect to get some very significant, maybe the majority of results, by 8 o'clock. Right. They just push a magic button. and they It's have, phenomenal. Yeah. It's really great. I mean, it's... it's it's a world of difference from other states where, you, where every county has a different system and you're, and you're waiting and counting. It's a long night. Uh, of course, you know, on the East Coast, 8 p.m., it's 11 p.m. there. So Wolf Blitzer will have to uh, get some caffeine somehow. Too yeah, bad then, they don't have your caffeine source out there on the East Coast. It'll give John King right. more time to use that cool, like, zoom exactly. in map thing. I love about that. It. Isn't that cool? Uh, magic map. John Stewart was kind of making fun of that map, but right. I dig that. It's I awesome. really think that thing John King uses is fantastic. It's, you know, I, I don't have a lot of 
career. There's not a lot of other jobs I would really want, even in television. I love radio, but that is one gig I would want. Yeah. I think that is a cool thing. i got to say, and this is not just me saying this because you're here, uh, the CNN election coverage is exceptional. Hey, I mean, so got that Because it just feels, it's like, it seems, I mean, I don't know how big that set really is, but it seems like a massive it's large. soundstage. Yeah, and it's, it's right there in Columbus Circle in, uh, in New York. And because right they'll there. get like, you know, they'll be like Soledad O'Brien or somebody over <laughs> here, the and then they got the panel like <laughs> nine people over here, and then right. another like a sub panel like like Paul Begallon, somebody who's right. sitting back there, right. and then John King is somewhere, and then they've got like Hannah Bash <laughs> on a satellite hookup. I mean, it's crazy. Right, so, right. Um, it's good stuff. They try. I worry sometimes that our analysts we get a little too when we're tap dancing, kind of like they tread a lot of the same ground. But uh, I think they could mix up the analyst panels a little bit. That's more. okay. You know what? As Other was discussed at length in the roast last night, this program is no stranger to treading the same ground over and over <laughs> and over again. Uh, this email says, "Hey." About Aaron and Scott's genius. <laughs> One great thing about Aaron and Scott's roast was it really gave the audience time to get to know those around them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's then, really nice. And then he signs it. See, that's how you write a joke, Aaron. I'm a truck driver, and I was able to write this. <laughs> oh, no. Hey. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, guys. I got a question and a comment. Yes, uh, sir. Why was Aaron wearing a dress? <laughs> I think he was fancying it to be a smoking jacket. It was like a smoking jacket robe. It, it looked like one thing. of those Chinese lanterns at P.F. Chang's. Maybe in the front row, but from where I was sitting, it looked like he was wearing a dress. Oh, like no. he was getting his Mrs. Roper on. Yeah, and it was pretty funny watching him get, uh, when Lisa came up and Aaron got slid down to the end of the table in the dark. Yeah. And uh, was just gyrating and trying to get everybody to look, pay attention to the, him. The best part, I think Tim had the best observation, was that Aaron looked like he just was rolled out of an opium den somewhere <laughs> last night. And so. then I got a question for you, Rick. Yes, sir. Um, you know, 11 years I've been coming to these things, yeah. and how do you feel, you know, looking out over a crowd like that from where you began? It's pretty amazing, actually. We were talking about this last night. That uh, it, it was, was scary. I at, can... at first, we were petrified that there wasn't going to be anybody there. We always think there's never yeah. going to be anybody there. Always. And well, especially with a venue like the Crystal, it's like, oh God, it's so it's so huge. It's a barn. I mean, it, the place it, is huge. It's it difficult huge. to find parking. Yeah, and it's you know it's the hot you know it's hot and it's you know whatever and it, you know and I mean, we're not trying to be I'm not trying to be artificially humble or fish for compliments, but I mean you always figure like well maybe maybe there's something exciting happening somewhere maybe there's a sale at Macy's you know and everybody's just going to be there. Um, but, you know, we think back to that very first listener party that we had in the center just eons ago where it was, you know, a few hundred people, I think maybe, a couple hundred, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe 200, um, you know, and just not not bad, but, I mean, very, very hodgepodge, slapdash, ad hoc, thrown together in some ways. And then last night, which is just like this Oscar telecast of a party, which is just, and, you know, and and really, I do have to say, we say this every time now. We said this two years ago after Sabala's. We said this definitely last year. After last year's with Roop and with Emerson Starship just annihilating, annihilating everybody and that great opening video that, again, Joni DeRoshi did. She's done our last three opening videos. Last year, we just said, after Roop's last year, we were just like, that's it. Like, we're never doing another one. We're like, that's it. We've, we've finished it. We've taken it as far as we could. And I do have to say that I was saying that already again last night. After last night's with that amazing intro I don't know, I don't yeah, know and the Lisa and the phenomenal. roast... The roast, which, you know, I mean, despite our kind of poking fun, I mean, there were really, really great moments in that roast. I mean, a lot of it, you know, was really exceptionally good. And again, to go to court and Fatboy, who just killed it. But at the end of last night, I was like, that's it. I'm like, this, never again. We can never, there's nothing we could do at this point. I mean, I can't, and it's way, I mean, it would be, it's way, way, way too early to ever even think about another, but I, I don't know what we would ever do to top last night. I can't even imagine it. Well, after, so. like I said, I've been to 11, man. Best one by far. Thank awesome. you, my friend. Thank you for listening, sir. You guys did a great job. Thank you, sir. Right. Was uh, it Rob? Uh, 
I, I thought it was. It sounded like a rock, but he didn't sound stoned. So, <laughs> hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, it's Jesse and the Coof. What's up, Jesse and the Coof? Hey, so great party last night. Thank you. But I sent you an email on this. I don't know if you got it or not. But Aaron has a new nickname for at least the next week. Which is? Aaron Choke at the Party Durant. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron oh, the Choke. the Choke. Uh, no, going with Geek in the City, Choke at the Party Durant. It was, uh, I have to say that uh, he and, and Scott, the great thing about it was, is that the material that they then gave everybody else who followed them last night, it was really, that was all kind of worth its weight. I was over there in my head, frantically rewriting like three Aaron and Scott jokes, like at the beginning of my roast, so... All well, right. At least they set the bar nice and low. It made it easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. That's as they, true. As, you That's know, as, true. as they say in boxing, sir, you can't lead with your right. You know what I mean? All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Let's do one more, and we'll take a break. We'll uh, we'll uh, reset here. Tim Riley. Into what? Into more. <laughs> really just into more of the same treading water that we've been doing for 10 years. Well, I'm, I'm sure all you guys are curious to know how the new kids on the block did on the Today yeah. Show this morning. Oh. We never played that song. Do you have the song? I, I have a little bit of it. Here. Look, can we play it into the break, actually? Yeah. yeah, we have a little bit of that new Kids on the Block song, because Sarah's a big fan. So let's hear what they did this morning on the uh, Today Show. Let's hear what they did this morning on the Today Show. <laughs> Is that... I guess that was it. Oh, no. That's just I a, have it. That's the radio edit. To one second. Yes. Oh, no, it's loading. All right, we'll get that. So do we have... Now, do you have the actual story about their tour? Long enough, ladies and gentlemen, we're ah. coming together again for the first time in 15 years. New kids on the block. Awesome. So oh, they released cool. their new single. Who is the crowd? What's the day show? Oh, God, that outdoor crowd. Yeah. Are they dancing? Have they held up well, Sarah? I don't know. I can't see. The camera's far away. And then it's And we're done. Buffer. Buffer. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, uh, they're going to be all over the place. They kick off a concert tour September 20th in Montreal. But they're Did not... they say if they're doing a West Coast tour, or is it still just East Coast? Just East Coast. Oh, oh, they're not coming anywhere near here. Oh, man. I do have to say, by the way, and I don't know if you're going to ever post this or not, but I saw... Oh, it's on the block picture? Sarah brought in a photograph oh. that we have discussed a lot, but I've never seen. Then I'll make it my space picture. It is you and your sister both dressed up for the New Kids on the Block show <laughs> oh. that was at the Kingdome in 1990. September 6th, 1990. 19, oh, wow. 1990? 1990. 1990. Uh, when you would have been 10. Mm-hmm. So when Sarah was 10, she no, was, I was a senior. Actually, I was 9 because I would have turned 10 in October. And so you would have been 9 and she would have been 7. Yeah. That would have been 7. Oh, my gosh. Um, so 9 and 7. And they are both full on head to toe, the big buttons, the <laughs> shirt. It's gold. It's like the it's the cutest thing I've ever and seen. We have, and we also, you can't really see them in the picture, but we also have uh, New Kids on the Block earrings. Yeah. As well. oh, so that's right next to that photograph of me with a mullet TV. dressed like Paul Stanley. So <laughs> so we'll get that uh, posted at some point. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. More of your phone calls. If you're on hold, hang tight. We will get to more of your calls immediately around the corner. Lisa Desjardins in the studio with us. Uh, and uh, more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Like us at 3, like us 101 at 5, and more. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Oh, I know what this is. You said you wanted to hear it. I was not going to play that for the Today Show. My God. Is this the recording or is this live? 
That that Today Show was so bad, you almost have to play it. I don't know. What, I don't know. What we're talking. So this so bad. Let's establish. So this is the new New Kids on the Block song. Yeah. It's like an LFO kind of a thing happening here. Yeah, it isn't bad. So I mean, it's kind of like it's happy. It's okay. It is what it is. Good summer song. Right, right. It is a summer song. It's pretty bland. It's okay. I mean, it's, you know. It just kind of exists. It's sort of there. I mean, this is really there. It's, it's there so they can claim I can that hear it's... I hear this on music. It's there so they can claim it's not a nostalgia tour. I understand what this is. This is, you know, now some songs up our new record. Now, do you have them singing this live? No, but I have them. I don't want to play it. What? What are they? I, so bad. I think you've got to. I mean, to be. You okay. Know, what is the other truth sound? Truth in broadcasting. Got? Here it is. All right. What? What am I about to hear? This is, the, this is them on the Today Show this morning. Doing the same song. No. This is song. Oh God! It's a step by step. Bad looking. Well done, new kids. <laughs> really? That's a problem. Like my inside. That's a problem. It sounds like that step has arthritis. <laughs> step, step three, suck. <laughs> step three, so suck. Oh, no. Yeah, this is really all of them. Yes, this all, and they're all like uncoordinated dancing. I mean, you got to give it up to them for actually singing it live, though. I don't know. <laughs> might, should we give them sometimes that? it's better to yeah. Sometimes to it's continue to lie. To know your powers, yes. Well, that's... oh my God, they're breaking it down. Oh my God! I can't do this. I can't watch this anymore. Are they Is dancing? It really bad? He's dancing. He's telling Wahlberg like doing the arm wave. Is he doing the arm wave? And he's wearing a tilted hat. Is he waving his arms in the air as though he didn't care? What's he doing? Yeah. Is he wearing a shirt that says "Homeboy"? Oh man, I remember that. <laughs> but is he doing the white man crowd wave? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course he is. Yes. Well, okay then. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, Tim Riley holding a copy of the Oregonian A&E, on the cover of which is Indiana Jones. Mm, rocks. So I will be seeing the new Indiana Jones film this Sunday, fortunately. Wow. I'll be seeing a sneak preview of that. Um, the unfortunate thing is I'm constrained, though, and I won't be able to talk about it uh, until Thursday. Uh, because it's, you know, you know, it's one of those things where you, you, like, when you go and you have to agree not to blog about it. And a lot of people disregard that, and you'll see those anonymous reviews pop on it, ain't it cool, or whatever. But I... You know, it's not like I'm because I'm like notable or whatever, but just because I'm, you know, go by my own name and hear whatever. And obviously people wouldn't, I can't hide behind a pen name. So I will see the Indiana Jones film on Sunday, but I'm not going to be allowed to talk about it until Thursday. You can't say one word. I mean, I can say, I can say like thumbs up, you know, but I, but I can't like really talk about the movie or probably talk about any of the sort of plot elements. So why do they want people like you to go see it early if you can't talk about it? Um, Because I think they know that. They can't. I think they know that you will talk about it, but okay. I think you have. You are constrained to not. You know, you can't give any spoilers. Okay. I think they make you sign a really hardcore non-disclosure agreement, oh. and I think they. You, I mean, you sort of do that. It's like how Walmart assumes hmm. there's going to be a little bit of shoplifting every year, and they build <laughs> they build it into the price. Right. They know right. part of the cost of doing business is a guy's going to walk out with a hibachi in his pants. <laughs> so, I am the pant hibachi uh, of the Indiana Jones world. They know that I'll probably come on and go. It's so cool. And I can't. I wish I could tell you more about it, but I just can't. You'll have to. That's what they're hoping for, right? Is right. that I'll come on and I'll gush about it, but then say, I can't tell you any more, though. You'll just have to see it for yourself. So this version um, is Indiana Jones, Sex in the City. I'm sorry <laughs> no, I... that. 
Oh, my God, they're right next wow, to each other. It's right Indiana Jones, Sex in the City. Oh. Um, now, when does that come out, Sarah? Uh, that comes out on May... Mem- Memorial Day weekend, I May think. Tw- May 30th? I don't know. Really no, exactly. then that's two weeks, because next, next mm-hmm. Thursday is Indiana Jones. Next Thursday, 22nd at midnight, because it very nearly fell on the listener party. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do... And there's the Crystal Ballroom, so we we're going to do Rick Emerson of the Kingdom of the Crystal Ballroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, anyway, so... Um, all right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir, madam, as the case may be. Say hello to Lisa Desjardins, won't you please? Hello, Lisa. Oh, well, hello. This is Tim Blimmon. I came and crashed your party with my band Bad Gas last night. Excellent. Hey. That was that was the most sweat I've seen in one room in my life. <laughs> did you at any point did you give Lisa an awkward hug? Well, if I could get close, I would have. Oh. There was a band. Why do you, so? Wait, your your we, band's we, back. We got there a little bit late. We were way back in the crowd, and I uh. had the white zombies drummer with me and the whole bit. We were trying to get wow. your attention. It was a, it was a little packed. I would say that it you know packed. we things were you know a lot going on last night and you know that again it's a good problem to have. But there was a lot of people there, and so you know you don't you know as the sort of attendance of the party goes up. Parties go up. You know, you, you try to sort of shake every hand. So I thought oh. that you signed a lot of autographs, though, Lisa. People would come up to me. I guess that, they did. It was so weird, that photograph, that Rat Pack photo of us that Van oh, yeah. took, which is great. Everybody, right. People would bring it up, and it's like they they hadn't really sought out anybody's autograph but yours. <laughs> like, it would be like a picture of me with your autograph on the back, which was great. So And you would sign a lot of stuff. I'm, yeah, you know, and I because I was so psyched to meet everybody. And actually, I got a little flip toward the end, and there was particular there's one couple... And they may be listening now where the man revealed that he was from Maryland. He lives here now. And I think I've spoken before about my deep, deep uh, prejudice against Maryland. And I think my, my autograph to him was, you seem so intelligent for someone from Maryland. <laughs> Love, Lisa. You know, like that was... Why do you have a, what is your, why always the Maryland? Oh, uh, we don't need to get into it. It's, it's, yeah, it's, this I'm, is the I'm place to get into it. I think mainly because I'm from Virginia. I needed some kind of identity. I needed an enemy. But... You know, when I'm looking for, you know, how do I back that up in my own mind? Uh, the truth is, Maryland, you, you had to pick a side in the Civil War. And, and they didn't do it. They just, uh, I don't know. They went, War, they uh, went that way. Those guys went that way. We don't know. You know, and, and honestly, this is the truth. And anyone, and poor Jason is sick of me talking about this, but they drive like that today. They, they are the same indecisive they're nightmare the, uh, drivers. They're the Idaho of the East Coast. They are. They're just beige. They just, they don't know. They don't know what they want. Don't know what, they don't know, don't really have an identity. They have crabs. That, that's it. <laughs> you mean, I mean the, the, the uh, Chesapeake Bay seafood. variety. Yes. All right. I don't All right. know. Thank I don't you, know. sir. Thank All you. Right, there you go. There's that guy. All right. Thank you, my friend. Well, and of course, Little what's up, sister? Hey. As, and this is a, you know what it is. This is a you know, we don't care here. There's a, there's doesn't matter. You can be be as hateful as you wish. You're still you know we, you are going to look great compared to us. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but that is my that is probably my deepest held. If if I hate anything, I I don't say it, but I I definitely have a bias against. Maryland. Well, that's. Sure. I mean, but it is that way here, where everybody in the Northwest kind of looks over at Idaho <laughs> really? and just kind of goes, mm, "At least we're not Idaho." I mean, it's, <laughs> really, because I mean, Idaho has. I have no idea. Well, because a couple of things about Idaho, and I certainly don't mean to paint all Idahoans with the same brush, <laughs> but I mean. Uh, Idaho, if you live in the Northwest, you know Idaho for a couple of things. One is they have the worst drivers on earth. And when I say uh, worst, I just mean they're slow. Uh, it's like whatever the speed limit is, they take 20 off of it in their head. <laughs> speed limits 40, go 20. Speed limits, you know, 25, stand still. Go backward if possible. And drive tractors. If you're driving a tractor 
always make sure that the tractor is in the middle of the road, taking up both lanes and going at just a snail's pace. I mean, living in, um, I used to live in Spokane, which is right near Idaho. And I mean, it was like, you would just, I mean, if you had to go anywhere near the Idaho border, you would build in another 40 minutes of travel time <laughs> to the schedule because you'd just get some blue hair in front of you right. with that telltale plate that says great potatoes on the back of it <laughs> blocking you. It also doesn't help, by the way, that Idaho has one of the most beautiful cities in the country, a place called Coeur d'Alene, which is a, a really a truly beautiful Coeur place. Coeur d'Alene is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous place. Every year, big Nazi parade right through the middle of the town. Really? Yeah. So, well, what do you know? You know, it's, but you, they're moving slowly as well. Yeah, so they do. They do Slow lend, Nazis in Idaho. They lend themselves to scorn. They really do. It's, it's hard not to hate them. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick. Hey. 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 Best party ever. Thank you, sir. And loved it. Uh, thank you also for, like, sticking around. Uh, even when Emerson Starship was playing, right at the very end, you were there. You were there giving it to the people. Well, I have nowhere else to be. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Also, we love the people, but I have no life. No, it's uh, we try to do that all the time because it's especially last night where there was so much going on. Uh, and, just, and then Nickel Arcade got up, and they played Vodka in Heaven, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Emerson Starship did this massive one-two punch where they kicked off with People Who Died, which is our Snuff Watch theme. They did the People Who Died song by the Jim Carroll Band. Then they did that song Pretty Effed Up by the Super Suckers, which they just smoked. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And so you know, and you know, never let it never let it be said that the, you know we don't kind of try to give put as much into a party as the time can possibly hold and then some. But uh, yeah, we uh, we try to stay to the bitter end, sir. Yes, and Lisa, hmm. Lisa, 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 Creepy. you are a breath of fresh air on a show that is otherwise ass that I cannot help but listen to because it's the greatest show ever. So. <laughs> wow. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. The roast is over, sir. The roast ended. The roast ended many, many hours ago. Was, but, but I like that you're you're continuing the extension cord. Yeah. Yes. But and I'm sorry, I did not get to meet you in person. And Rick. Yes. One more thing. Yeah. You didn't see that oh, exactly. Come on. I never see it coming. I never see it coming. Jesus. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got a couple of uh, things here. Um. Rick, I wanted to thank you for the excellent show. You, Tim, and Sarah and Richie all rocked it last night. I'm here in my cubicle reminiscing about last night. Uh, let's see. He has our 8x11 prominently displayed mm-hmm. in his cubicle. Um, let's see. Um, I wish I could have stayed around, but without going into the insipid details of my life, I had to go. Best party ever. Uh, let's Is that see. From Scotty J? <laughs> no. <laughs> I haven't, you know, strangely enough, we haven't heard from Scotty J. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's, um, maybe the phone's been taken out of the dungeon. Rick, just wanted to drop you a line to let you, uh, thank you for putting on such an awesome listener party. I wanted to stay long enough to say hi, but I'm recovering from knee surgery, and I had to leave after the roast because, unfortunately, I couldn't stand any longer. Uh, the band said they were going to be good, but I had to leave. I did, however, catch the films, which were fantastic. Thank you for putting all that hard work in. Um, yeah, I mean, just all of this stuff here. So um, we'll do a couple more calls, and we'll get more from Tim Riley. Then we'll break at the top. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. This is Sherry. Sherry, Hello. Hi. What's up? Um, I just wanted to tell you, it was a great party last night. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming out. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And Lisa, it was great to meet you. Ah, it's great meeting you. You're most gracious. <laughs> and um, I have <laughs> Thank to you. Rick, yes. speaking of gracious, yes. Um, I was kind of watching you work the crowd there towards the end. And I mean, you were, I, and believe me, I know you don't like to be photographed and you've said countless times that you don't photograph well. I just, I'm not photogenic. And I, I, but I mean, you were being very gracious to people who wanted to have their picture taken with you and everything. And I thought that was just 
very cool. So kudos. No, not at all. That. I mean, really, it's. I mean, uh, really, uh, on a day when it's 94 degrees out, <laughs> yeah. the idea that I, and I mean, you know, just speaking now for myself, the idea that I, who have, depending on how you look at it, either 20 or 25 hours a week of airtime. A show with my name on it, devoted to me forcing people to listen to my stupid natterings about whatever, <laughs> that I would then ask those same people to come stand in a sweat box for four hours while other yeah. people talk about me all night. And then at the end, can I get a photograph of you? No, I refuse to photograph <laughs> you. I mean, really, what kind of ass would I be? So, well, no, not mean, at all. I, I No, I get that, but still, I mean, I, I just watching you, you were the consummate host. You were really... Yeah. You just were really classy. And by the way, that tux is a really good look for you. The tux is really... I kind of just want to wear it everywhere I go now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, although I did... You. I should tell... Here's a little bit of a behind-the-scenes whatever. So last time I'm getting... I'm in the... It, and, you know, you think of the backstage, the green room, the dressing room as being kind of cool and glamorous. And I will say that the crystal right. does have a nice backstage and a nice green room. It's nice for about seven people. There were about 30 people last night. There were a lot of people Two bands, then. yeah, all of the roasters, all of us, everybody trying to get ready. Everybody's at one point in one of the bathrooms. There's me, Andrew from the band, uh, Sarah Moon, who's one of the singers, and some other guy. All And you're doing that kind of the band thing where you're all just changing in the same space, but you all just sort of agree that you're not looking. You know, you're just sort of like, right. here's where we are, you know. And, and the, the one toilet broke. The one toilet oh, broke. Yeah. One toilet backstage and I, it totally broke. And it's already really warm in there. Yeah. I'm just backstage and I'm beginning to sweat. And then, of course, I'm putting on a tux with the white ruffled tux shirt or whatever. Yeah. The, and what do I realize? I have no white T-shirt. <laughs> I realize I don't have a white undershirt to wear. So oh, there I am. At the, I'm at the last moment. I'm looking around trying right. to find a white undershirt to go underneath. The closest we can come is that Brian, one of the guitarists, has a Living Color Tour t-shirt <laughs> that has a huge green splotch on the front of it. So at the last moment, though, who comes to my clothing rescue but the most prepared man in all of Preparedonia is Tim Riley, who says, I have a white shirt you can wear. Which, <laughs> which you were apparently, which had never been used, which you just carry with you for no reason. Right. So just to, like, to always just to be... Have, right. And I think he right. came up with some great quip right then. He's like, you never know when you're going to need a white shirt. Right? And, and Tim's like, well... It, you're going to stretch it out. Tim's like, you oh, will? Right. I'm sorry. It's going to be all stretchy on you, though. Yes, Sherry? About the fight yes. thing. That, that ruckus. Basically, I, I was nearby when that happened, and it was basically some guy was just too drunk that he could hardly stand up. Mm. And he told some guy, he goes, well, hey, dude, you're in my spot. And this guy was messing with his phone. It really wasn't like a a big knockdown drag out. Well, I saw some photographs. There was one guy who came up to me later. He's like, hey, there was a beat down. I got a few photographs for you. And the only photograph I saw was equal parts great and blurry because it was the guy as he was in the process of falling to the floor. Oh. So he was just this sort of amorphous wash of color headed toward <laughs> headed towards the crystal ballroom. So he, floor. he was uh, so far into his cups, though, that he walked worse than I do. Excellent. So, All right. You know. Thank you, Sherry. And the other thing. We got one more. Yes, we got to go. run. Is. It was great to see a lot more disabled people out there. there were, oh, did you, know you get there was true. like a whole cool. there was like a wheelchair brigade there last I mean, night. Awesome. Outside. Fantastic. I did. Cool. Uh, there was uh, yeah, actually uh, there it was a bunch fantastic. of fantastic. On the really sidewalk was. out not out uh, side after the party wrapped up, there was actually it was like I don't know, it was like a mini parade or something. It was like some <laughs> sort of empowerment. It was, they were awesome. Caravan happening up yeah, front. Cool. So all right, thank you, Sherry. Um, the uh, there was also yeah, a, it was it was Thad and Ron. 
And there was a great speaking of that floor, and the, because I don't know if you realize it, but the crystal floor is on springs. Yeah. Crystal ballroom floor is on How springs. How was that? It bounces. Um, so there was a moment we were getting ready for the party. We were getting ready to sound check, and the band is out there, and I'm on stage, and the stage is about four and a half feet off the ground. There's a guy on a ladder, and ladders kind of terrify me anyway, but there's a guy on a ladder, and the ladder was going all the way to the ceiling because he was adjusting those lights, and so that ladder must have been 35 feet high. I mean, it was huge. And I, at one point, was on stage with the band, figuring out some point. I'm like, okay, we're done. I jump off the stage onto the floor, and the guy screams out from the top of the ladder, don't jump off the stage! And I didn't realize it, but because the floor is on springs, if he's on the ladder, which he was, and you jump off the stage, the ladder sways 18 inches to either side. He's like, the ladder sways a foot and a half! Please don't! So, it's all very unnerving. Um... Have we gone back to the Ministry of Truth? Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, here is your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It's a heat wave. 87 degrees downtown right now. It is 93 on the coast. It'll hit 97 by 5 o'clock this afternoon. A Florida man has been arrested for repeatedly calling 911, asking questions about the moon. (laughs) Police arrested a 48-year-old in his Fort Walton Beach cabin after he called several times. As he was being handcuffed and led away, the man asked police, is that a half moon? How many questions are there? I mean, like, what about the moon? What is there left to be known? I don't know. Apparently, he wasn't sure if it was a full moon or a half moon. The answer is the moon is only 100 yards away, and it's the size of a Volkswagen, sir, just so you know. All right. <laughs> well, uh, a Pennsylvania farmer says vandals snuck into his property under the cover of night and spray-painted obscenities on three of his goats. Brand took place uh, last night. It could send back hundreds of dollars. Uh, apparently, it's expensive to remove uh, spray paint from goats. Uh, by the way, the wool is used to make cashmere sweaters, and it takes months to grow out. It's really bad what they would do to these animals. So this is in uh, Clearfield, Pennsylvania. You just can't trust anyone anywhere. A man has been severely uh, injured after he tried to commit suicide by leaping into a wood chipper and uh, did not succeed. Uh, I mean, normally we love stories about wood chipper death, but this isn't really... So, where did this happen? <laughs> I see you putting it away. Minnesota. Really? Yeah. Wait, did it really happen in Minnesota? Yes. Oh, I guess I'm thinking of Fargo, yeah. North Dakota, but still. Of course, of course. Wait, but how, Fargo, right? how do you not succeed? I mean, it's a wood chipper. Uh, apparently, let's see, uh, somebody started it, right? Uh, stopped it right at the correct time. Or incorrect <laughs> workers, time. Workers turned off the machine and called 911. He has injuries to his head and torso. Oh. So, he jumped in head first, yes. apparently. Oh. And lived. Oh. Yeah. Well, what? and it got to the somehow it got to the. I guess I don't know enough about wood chippers. It got the head and dead. the torso. You know, and yeah. we do really have a disproportionate Whoa. number of wood chipper stories that we have on the show. <laughs> Usually, we save for Christmas. Yeah, this, wow. we, we try to pile them all up around important and sentimental holidays and read them all then. Well, there was. I mean, every now and again, because there's a lot of there's a lumber industry up here too. You're oh, actually holding. You're actually holding your torso. I know. I am actually. I didn't even realize. You're looking at. I didn't know. Yes, that's true. I am. Every now and again, we'll have a story <laughs> here about a, neck. some guy who falls into like a pulping machine at one of the wood mills or something so all right here's tim riley so usually we say these stories for this time of the day because <laughs> since news comes from the east coast the east coast is now shut down and everyone's gone home ah gotcha see our news continues I think the east coast bias is a problem it is yes the rest of the world is shut down now and they leave us to our own 
<laughs> they leave us to our own devices and they leave Roop on the clock for about 21 hours. Oh, because geez, like, Roop. It's ridiculous the hours he works. I do get the feeling sometimes that the CNN office, CNN office on the East Coast just sort of wraps up and they forget that he's still working. I know. And so they I just think sort of, that too. He's kind of like a, you know, and so he's like a lawnmower that you just sort of keep idling in the backyard. <laughs> like, you and know? The, the problem is he does have this sort of Catholic, well, I'll just keep sacrificing. <laughs> totally. Mm. Life okay. is supposed to be miserable. Yeah, he, that he does. Exactly. And so he doesn't tell anybody. Sort of just flagellating okay. himself. Yeah, exactly. You expect him to be walking along with a cloak, hitting himself in the head with a board. <laughs> All right, here's, here's Tim Riley. Well, here's an interesting story. This is from Fargo, North Carolina. I mean, North Dakota. A flight attendant angry about his work. Uh, smuggled a lighter aboard an airplane and set a fire in the bathroom, forcing an emergency landing. This is Compass Airlines. They were flown on Compass Airlines, carrying 72 passengers and four crew members, landed safely in Fargo. After smoke filled the back, no injuries reported. The plane was flying from Minneapolis to Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, Ernie Rojas appeared in court following his arrest and ordered hell without bond. Apparently, he was bored with his job and decided to get even. i got to say a couple things. A, uh, the Compass Airlines I've never even heard of. And so then it does make you, when you hear, we've never heard an airline, there's really only two uh, particular paths on that road. It's either such an expensive and exclusive airline that like they don't let commoners like myself even know about it, or it's like that, you know, it's like one of those like one of those brands of audio equipment that you would sometimes see at electronic stores, you know, where it's like, you know, it's called where it's called like best sound or something. And you, it's like a, it's 80 percent cheaper than everything else. And B, the Fargo airport is interesting because Fargo is actually such no offense to some of the listeners we have there. But in many ways, it is such a tiny, uninteresting place that the Fargo airport actually closes at 7 p.m. or did at really? one point. Yeah, because I had to go out there at one point. Sounds like a dumb joke, but I was huge in Fargo at one point when I was I was doing this kind you, of terrible, still be. this terrible syndicated show, and I had like no ratings anywhere but Fargo. <laughs> it was Fargo was the only place where I had any audience, and so they actually kind of flew me out there at one point to do a kind of a listener event, and the air I got there and I landed and I was walking off the tarmac and whatever, and they're like turning out the lights. Like the airport is closing, which seemed crazy. So, and they have liquor stores the size of barns. I mean, really, just <laughs> massive. Just taking up whole sections of the road. Let's do one more call. We'll do another news story, and we'll break here at the top and reset. Come back with more of Lisa Desjardins. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's uh, up? I uh, just wanted to say, um, it's it's always so surprising to see you guys um, in public because I just drive around for my job, and um, it just I picture you guys so different when I listen to you guys, and then text. Uh, it is, you know, it's weird. Actually, I think for us at first to see each other, too. Lisa Sarah and I were just, just talking about, about that. that. Yeah, oh, it was, sure. Because sure. we're used to the voices and actually see, like really human bodies with the voices. It's, it's, it's weird for us. Yeah, it. it's weird. Well, I remember it was weird enough when you did the Christmas play and we had you on ISVN, oh, so it yeah. wasn't being squashed down over That's the phone. Right. Even that was strange because it sounded like you were in the room with us. So, <laughs> yeah, it's something because um, yeah, I pictured Lisa uh, to look a lot different. Um, she definitely looks. Um, East Coast. Somebody oh, yeah. is. Well, somebody, Jennifer <laughs> what Gray. What does that mean? Jennifer Gray, like yeah. Dirty Dancing Jennifer Gray is the thing that everybody keeps coming That's up really with. That's really funny. I could, yeah, so how did you picture me? What, what was, what's particularly East Coast, other than the fact that I, I feel like my hair, I really want to have like, like streaks in my hair now after hanging out. <laughs> Acid wash. Yeah, that's you were yeah. asking me yesterday yeah, before if you had time to streak your hair. With, um, I, I noticed it by your eyes, I guess. It's okay. you, the eyes. East Coast eyes. you have the mean squinty <laughs> eyes of an East Coaster. Eyes, what does All that right. mean? Thank you, my friend. We'll end this before it becomes even more off-putting. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right. Wow. I don't <laughs> even really know how to address what that. Does that. What does mean? an East Coaster even look like? In the eyes. Tim? In the eyes.
I don't know. And he's looking right at my eyes right now, too. Like <laughs> he's trying, he's searching for the answer. Exactly. I don't know. Your eyes look about the same as mine. Well, yeah. Tim's, Tim just looks of smugness. So. <laughs> True. Right. Take a break after this. Come back. It's five. Is Aaron here? I so, believe so. Somebody told me that Aaron Duran is here. It's 503-733-2970. Stay there. Back after this with Lisa Desjardins. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't know where. Gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsicality. It's 503-733-2970. Everybody's standing now. i got to stand. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Like is at three. Uh, wait, I keep saying like Don and Mike. How you doing? Hi. Hi. I have no brain cells left. 53 minutes. Like is one of one yesterday. Like is at three. Michael Mara show at seven. Uh, we're here with the lovely Lisa Desjardins is in the studio with us today. Don and Mike, man, I can't believe it's three or two or five already. We're three hours and we're three hours and five minutes into this show. It's just it's just a blur, man. So, all right, let's welcome. Oh wait, is this me or is it you? Wait, hold on. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio. I have nothing. Wait. Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Hello, sir. Those are not my dice of. I sound weird. Yeah. That's not just today, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard. Oh. <laughs> well, this is. Well, we should back up for a second. Now, just we'll clear the decks here. So I do want to point out that I was not considered the most boring of the night, though. I just want to say that would fall to Carlin. I'm just gonna say. And I, and I have to say, he's got a point there. <laughs> wow. Sorry, we might have dragged on, but we were entertaining, <laughs> Carlin. Much like the Oregonian was easily forgotten. And be obviously a great guy, but there's, well, you know, there's an argument to be made there. For for brevity? Uh, no, for I, I, yeah, I'm just I'm just supporting right here. Yeah. Your body language implies that you are uncomfortable right no, now, Lisa. I am a little uncomfortable. <laughs> putting, putting people well, I'm not supposed to. Aaron's usually a ball of sunshine. You can tell that he's coming in and there's something on his mind. Yeah. Well, so what is it now? Do you feel like you are getting a, a, a disproportionate well, amount of whatever? Well, that's just you. Yeah, by the way, open. But, can't thanks. You, you, can't, can't, you can't say the word before that oh. and that word. Oh. So oh, I honestly did not know that. So... I did. Okay, I actually I, wouldn't have known that. If you think about it, it's an un, it's if an activity. Think about it, yeah, that's an activity you probably don't want to describe. So, um, all right. So, well, we've had you know people who weighed in, and you know we talked about it earlier on that you guys. Well, first of all, let me just let's clear up a couple of things. First of all, it's hard to do a duo with one mic. <laughs> so let me just well let me say this. So. The you so the row started. Carl goes up. Yeah. Uh, Carl kind of sets the stage, and then you guys go up uh, to roast. And by all appearances, it seemed. You tell me if we're wrong about this. By all appearances, it seems that a you guys were quite quite a little quite a bit lit. Uh, oh, yeah, when you brought up there. Yeah, and at one point, did it, did we not just see you like take the script and sort of go... <sighs> that would be because at like the three-minute mark, because I did have my phone out and I was timing myself, uh-huh. oh. you pulled me aside and said, get to the end, speed it up. I don't think that was at the three-minute mark, by the way. That is when I said, screw it, and gave up on the script. I don't think... A script I, that so... we didn't get to practice because Scott's grandfather did die. <laughs> oh, oh, and well, wait, no one told up. us this, so what actually happened? Yeah, we we didn't get to rehearse... A single time on a bit. It was supposed to have two people bouncing off each other. <laughs> Something that would cause require two mics. You know, there Something were... that was told weeks in advance. No, there were additional mics at the table. 
Not at the podium. Yeah, there were, but there were two mics sitting you can't right there. You can't have half of your team at the other end of the table. No, no, no. They had, like, big-ass cords on them. No, remember? Because when we got out there yeah, initially... Were... All right, so you guys had to share a mic. So you guys right. had to share a mic. Which doesn't work for the... So you, so you had to you, you had to share a mic. So beyond that, go ahead. Well, that just kind of threw the whole thing off. Because, you know, once you're in show mode, you can't be interrupted. <laughs> Cool. Well, that, oh. that's, oh. No, what? it's totally timing, too, because if, if Rick and I have to share a microphone, I don't even know how we'd do that. All yeah. right, so I just said screw it, and I gave up, and I just started doing my Chucky Green. That you I was just going to say that was the end. That's when I realized, screw it, it's done. I'm just going to do my dog and pony show. Let Scott do what he does, and I'm just going to dance and shake, and I'll turn into Paul Lynn. <laughs> now, you, I think, it, was it somebody said earlier that they felt like you were more sort of on the page, and that Scott was sort of the loose cannon last night? I didn't well, really understand it because, like, his slur, like, his, his lips. It's not that he was loose cannon. Like, again, I was having difficulty understanding. Kind of well, he it. starts to slur a lot when he's been drinking. Yeah. And <laughs> so, like, it was hard to, like, you know, moving the microphone like this, and I couldn't yeah. really hear it. It was, like, kind of slurring. It wasn't, it wasn't even really to the microphone because I was about two feet away, and I couldn't really understand about half the words <laughs> coming out of Scott's mouth. No, and like I said, he's it's all saliva. It was, a rough, it was a rough week for both of us. Yes. Um, like, outside of show stuff. So, right. Yeah, the night we were going to rehearse, I got the text message, oh, dude, my grandfather just died. <laughs> Oh, I was like, oh, well, when can we practice? He's like, well, can we get together around five on Thursday? Right. Sure. <laughs> and so, well, that at least explains then the grandparent joke, which I think nobody understood. Well, that's what we agreed ahead of time. I said, look, if we didn't have any chance to practice, if this, for some reason, this just goes off on the rails, I'm just going to lie into the fact that it was your dead grandfather's fault. <laughs> and he's like, okay, go for it. That'll be funny. So when I gave up on the script, when I knew it was done, that's when I yelled, well, if your effing grandfather hadn't died, this would have gone a lot better. And then it... <laughs> And then it went worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that didn't have the solving effect that you thought maybe it would have. And he, you know, maybe he was trying to play it up, but I, it's, he seemed like he was genuinely surprised no, that you were bringing up his dead grandfather. Really, Tim put it best when he said, Tim said, uh, put it best and spoke for a lot of it when he said he thought you guys were about to punch each other. <laughs> oh, no, we weren't. You guys, no, it, it looked, no, I mean, it looked to all, it looked like you guys were about to start swinging on each other <laughs> because I couldn't, it looked like either you thought he was messing up the program, or he thought you were messing up the program. Right. And I talked to Tim up, and Tim's like, it looked like they were going to punch each other all night. I can duck and weave. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that was sort of, that was the perception uh, that many people had last night. Okay. All right. No, people seem to have fun. And the best thing that comes out of it is now Sarah gets to go see Indiana Jones. Oh, that came out of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, have I been bumped? <laughs> no, have I have I been have I been bumped for being for being the medium since, the, since CBS Radio couldn't procure their own press passes? You have to go through Film Fever Yay. Radio. Am I a am, podcast? <laughs> am I being punished for being the channel by which the listeners mock you? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show with Lisa Desjardins and Aaron Duran. Hello. Hey, it's Willie. Hello, um, Willie. I, I met everybody after the show last night. I'm one of the drunk wheelchair guys. I love, I love this guy. It was a pleasure. I got a picture with uh, Sarah, which is now on my phone permanently. It's my wallpaper. Excellent. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, I did not have the pleasure of meeting Lisa, which bumped me out. Because last year I met Roop and he bought me a drink. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. Roop, last Roop year bought everyone drinks. Last he was year. at one point not just double fisting it. I mean, it was like double drinks in each fist. He's I mean, he was like fantastic. juggling three, four, five drinks at a time. Well, he's Catholic. I was like, I was like, dude, I want to buy you a drink. He's like, no, sir, I will be buying you a drink. And I'm like, yes, sir, you will. <laughs> Excellent. But but last night was the greatest party ever. 
and um, I met a couple of really nice young ladies, um, and, and one of them said, I, I'm the biggest Emerson fan ever, and I said, I always wanted to meet a hot girl that was an Emerson fan, and next thing I know, she's in my lap. So, oh, Well done to you, my friend. Wow. Way to be, that is, that is really the definition of being handicapable. Absolutely. And you didn't right, get a DUI this time. No. Yeah, are no, you the guy that got a DUI in your wheelchair? No, that's my best friend, Ron. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, All right. That's your next weekend show right there is me and Ron. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. I actually uh, have the song. Uh, who's it? Thad? That Thad sent it to you. Is that when they did the yes. Wanted Dead or Alive? The Drunk Wheelchair song. All and right. it, and it, it says Clean for Air, and I, I listened to it, and I didn't All right. We'll, uh, all right, we'll play the song and say the name, Rick. Play the song and say the name. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> all right. All right. Got to run. No, you can't, but we can. Bye. All right, there you go. No, no, I used the same joke last night. All right, thank you. That's Willie. That is Willie of Willie. You are and a Thad. bad person. Things come out of your mouth that I would never even. Yeah, you're nasty. Well, Tim's not here. Somebody has to pick up the slack. Oh, by the way, the stream still isn't dumping. They are. Oh, I know. I talked to Brian about that today. Brian Engineering and I had a long talk about uh, things on yep. the stream today. Uh, so that is the guy who first came to our attention when he called up, and he called up and was, uh, I think, drunk, and began singing. I think just ad hoc. I don't think they even planned it. They began singing Wanted Dead or Alive. So he's there with his other friend who's also in a chair kind of in the back room. So it's like this great visual of him singing over the phone, Wanted Dead or Alive, and off in the back and here the other guy going, what? Like doing the Sambora, which is like genius. Yeah. So, uh, Although at least none of you got um, whizzed on last night. I remember you saying what? that. What? You peed on. Can you say that? Well, I mean, if we're discussing clinically, yeah, then someone well, not the clinical urine. Things, yes. Well, let's let's again try to keep it sort no, of. No, I'll keep it clean. There was nothing. It was disgusting, but there was nothing. Were they just like did they miss or did they? <laughs> were you were you in the bathroom? I was in the bathroom. I am now forever going to follow Tim Riley's rules of always going into a stall. Yeah. Because this was, you know, later on in the evening, uh. and I have to go use the restroom, so I'm standing at a stall, and this guy walks. I'm doing my thing. This guy goes up to do his thing. And three seconds in, he whips over to me and says, Dude, you're really funny. Let me shake oh, your hand. Oh, and I'm like, finish. Turn around. I'm like, oh. Oh, and he was, and he he was not he was he, he was, was not finished when he, he was did not. That. I don't think he even realized. So it wasn't intentional. I don't know that guy's name. I'm sure that makes it all the better. <laughs> just, just all over my belly, my leg. Oh, it was okay. Well, wow. pressure. I just and then like ten minutes later, Sarah goes what to give. Do you remember hugging me? Oh yeah, I remember. And I remember telling you before she hugged you. You don't want to hug me. I was like, don't hug me. I just got whizzed on. She's like, Aaron, I love you. I'm like, you're hugging pee. <laughs> She's like, ew. I was like, I, I warned you. <laughs> so uh, and of course, and it had to be on a day when it was 97 degrees. Oh yeah, I smelled so. all That's kinds wonderful. of good. It was all humid <laughs> and coming up into my nose. <laughs> Genius. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Oh, is this uh, my wife, the lovely Laura? It is the lovely Hello. Laura. Hello. Hi there. Oh, hey. Hi. I think you can meet you, Lisa. I know. Um, I'm so bummed about that. I know. I saw you in passing many oh, times. But, uh, uh, you, you had a whole fan base around you. And you were, you, were kind of, uh, you were kind of down front between Davey Nipples and Juan, were you not? Yes, I was sitting by Juan and Brad the car guy, who speculated, by the way, I shouldn't give him away because he bought me a drink, but um, he speculated that Lisa would be 20 to 40 pounds overweight, and he was quite happy uh, oh. with, with what he saw instead. Wanted, wanted a date. Just because she's, on, because she's on the radio or something, oh, or radio, just some sort yeah. of cliche about, all right, wow. okay, well. Totally. 
great. Wow, again, but the low expectations from radio. Yeah, I mean, really, I guess it being graded on a, on a, on a curve of, of some sort, I suppose. Crush on he was me. like pleasantly shocked. Well, okay, shocked then. I, I really actually had wanted to meet you, and I, I completely dropped the ball in, in making an effort to find you, so I'm sorry. No. Well, I had a great time last night. I have to say that um, I met one listener commented how whenever I call, I'm totally like after Rick and yelling at him and whatnot. So I wanted to call with a positive call today. Well, thank you. To do that. But um, my favorite part, I got to say, was that video that Joni made, uh, the 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 part with you putting cheese whiz yeah. the cheese intro whiz video into your, awesome. into your mouth at yeah. once was hilarious not and not cheese whiz it was cheese wow but it was funny in person too it just kept going on From and Walmart. on when he was filming it i bought all the all the props that i had to wear i as we can tell these stories now actually because i don't want to talk about beforehand because i want to give away what was in the video so the intro video which had uh sarah tim Richie Bristol and the rest of the Pimp Squad, uh, and myself, uh, and Aaron was in it, and Chris Neither was in it, and Scotty J was in it, and our friends uh, Kara, Chris, Shauna, Scott were in it. Uh, Kelsey was in it. Uh, a girl named Danielle was in it. I know I'm leaving people out, um, uh, but um, so uh, we had this whole sequence where I'm in the in the green. If you didn't see last time, so I'm in the green room, and I, the the gag is first I'm eating a bagel. Which is kind of a lift from Bullets Over Broadway by Woody Allen, but I'm kind of first I'm eating a bagel, then I'm shoving bacon into my mouth, then I have two cans of it's not even easy cheese, it is cheese wow is what they call it at Walmart. I bought all the props at a Walmart, and I I called Joni from Walmart and I'm like, what's funnier, cheese whiz, cheese it or cheese wow? And she's like, cheese wow. So literally for less than four dollars, I got two cans of cheese wow and a pound of bacon. It's like the worst bacon you've ever seen in your life. And then there's this shot where they show my gut, which is not like difficult to do anyway, but I, it's like bulging out of this button-down shirt. That's so gross. Yeah. I, 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 got I thought that was a stunt gut, actually. I didn't think oh, that was no. your own gut. Sadly, no. no. <laughs> Sorry, no. That's the gut that comes home to you every night. Lose. <laughs> um, the uh, so. But so I go to Walmart and I'm trying to, you know, and, and I don't typically shop there, but I wanted to get, you know, the most for my dollar and whatnot. And so I go there and I improbably. Even the small adult shirts were were not tight on me for for what I think maybe because Walmart has perhaps a larger clientele. So I go in so I go into the boys section and so there's this really creepy moment of me in a Walmart trying to find a small button down and I walk up to the clerk and I say, "Pardon me, where's the boys section?" And she says, "Over there." And I go and I anticipate finding a boys shirt and trying it on to, for the gut to work. And so there's this great one-two punch of me shopping in a Walmart. I come up to there and I go, "Where's the boys section?" She goes over there and I go. Where's the boys' changing room, please? <laughs> so then I go, thank you, and then I walk right off. And so it must have been all kinds of weird, but uh, yeah. So that video was fantastic. It was really it great. It was. It was. Now I saw it on the way into the show. There was a bike outside that said something about about you and kids. Seamus, and what was that? Seamus sent me a picture, but it was so small I couldn't really see it. There was some guy who had bicycled and had like a cardboard sign attached to his bike that said something about me not helping God's special children. But I I couldn't see it in the photo. It was actually too small. So We, we went by pretty fast, and but I yeah. wanted to point, yeah. All right. But anyway, great party, great uh, great event you put on. Glad you had a good time. Thank you, good sweetie. You. All right, love you. Bye. All right, bye. Um... Why, who's this fresh-faced young fellow? Well, good afternoon, Seaside. Scotty J. Scotty J. Hi, Scotty J. Hello, How are everybody. you? Hey. Hi. How am I? Oh, I've had better days. Oh, Scotty. Scotty. Have you, have you, Scotty, what happened?
been like Have you that. really had better days? I mean, I be honest. <laughs> all right. Well, let's address a couple of things. First of all, you asked me, hey, Rick, I'd love to meet Lisa Desjardins. Yep. And I went down and I brought her up, and we looked high and freaking we low really for did. you. We yodeled for you, practically. And then I was told that your wife uh, had last been seen forcibly making you leave <laughs> while yelling at you every step of the way. Well, here's how it went down. We, When you left to go get Lisa... Uh, we were just standing around, and we were like the last people in the room, and uh, they were trying to clear it out. And so that's what happened. They they pushed what? it out. But I'm going to meet Lisa, and they're like, we don't care. Get out of here. And so I don't know, because there were still people around. There were still I, people were around. Still I think you may there. have been fed a line there, Scott. Yeah. You were given a bill of goods. They kind of, yeah, they kind of escorted us out of there because they were trying to clean up or whatever. So uh-huh. were Where really were you? People who were not escorted out. We're, guess, we're, we were no. in the main ballroom where, where you left to go get Lisa. And then we were there for about maybe three more minutes when they kicked us out. Well, I don't mean to pry into your personal affairs, but I but it was the the version of the story we sort of heard is that there seemed to be some sort of discord happening between you and the missus. Oh, there's always a different version. What's okay? Well, that's a good question, <laughs> that's, Scotty J. So, thank you. That doesn't really address the right, question. Right, exactly. Right. So, so are you saying categorically no strife at all? Listen to you, reporter girl. <laughs> no, Any little, like a little cub press pass in your hat? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wanted to stick around and see what was on the second level, and uh, um, my wife's brother needed to go, so that was kind of... Did you want to see if there's a strip club on the third floor? Uh, yeah, I was looking for the third floor. All right, then. Uh, <laughs> Sorry I didn't get to meet you, Lisa. Oh, I was really sorry. I know. So, I'm, but... still, I'm really bummed. But, uh, yeah, it's good talking to you on the phone. Oh, the party was fantastic, and the roasters were hilarious, and the videos were great. Yeah, thanks for your help with that intro video, by the way. So you made that video. Really? Did you you actually, in that entire intro video, which had all kinds of just big, dumb, crowd-pleasing moments, like me, Spring, Cheese, and Sarah, you know, with the the vodka bottle, and, you know, Tim, you know, sort of scowling at people, cowering in front of him, and uh, (laughs) the pimp squad, and Timmy Ryan getting kneed in the sack, all of that. The, The biggest applause came though with that little end with that little the little Bugs Bunny circle wipe at the end yes. another yes. night of drinking alone I honestly started to feel bad at the end that was he funny, stole though. that second I mean when he gets rejected the first time it's ha 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 but then he makes a run for it and then turns around and says, sad little, what did I do? And I was like, I, I kind of feel sorry for him. But, you know, and that moment when, when and that's Pat, our good friend Patrick Rochelle, who also narrated our, our holiday, our Christmas play, he did that whole, like, sorry, Scotty, it's oh, another night of drinking. He, with that line, perfect. Many, many mistakes. That whole video turned out way, way better than I ever imagined. That line, though, that was the first moment of the evening, the first of many of these. That line when he says, uh, drinking alone and pondering your many, many, many mistakes. <laughs> And it was that laugh from the crowd where it's like the laugh, but it's also like, ow, you know, like, it's, yeah. like it hurts to laugh at it a little bit. So, all right. Well, it was a roast. So well, thank whatever. you so much, Scotty. Well, we had a great time. Thanks. Good talking to you guys. Good talking to you, Scotty. All right. All right thank you. There you go. All right. There you go. That was Scotty? Yeah. <laughs> he sounds different now. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, but, he's making sales. Yeah. The... Uh, can I say this also? When we were filming... Because, you know, the video last, it was a silent film, and then Patrick did the narration for it. So there's no actual audio in the film. There's no sound. So we're there at the Crystal Ballroom a few weeks ago on a Sunday, and we're, we're filming it, and, it's a, and everybody knows it's a silent film. So when Scotty, there's that whole sequence at the end where he tries to get in, and where Chris Sneathan plays the bouncer, and Sneathan's like, not on the list. And it's, they know. So what is Scotty doing? Because it's a sound film. He's mouthing all of his lines. <laughs> Was he? Yeah, like he's going, like, I mean, you know, he's going... 
and just mouthing, no words coming out, because somehow in his head, because it's a silent film, he can't actually speak out loud, so he's just miming all of his lines. So there really is there really is no one quite like Scotty J. So uh, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back. Aaron Duran is in the studio. Lisa Desjardins, more from Tim Riley. And then we do have a couple ballot questions for you, Lisa. Okay. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. How's it going today? What's up, brother? Not much, not much, just uh, recovering from last night's uh, festivities. Indeed. I have to say it was a fantastic event. Um, it was uh, for me to see everybody again, and um, <clears throat> I don't know if anybody covered this. Uh, the couple of things that I brought back, um, you know, Tim's a golden god, and Court and Fatboy are sitting on, next to him on his right side with their roast. It was absolutely spectacular. They killed it. They they were really they, they were really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, they uh, they were great. And we should give it up again to Emerson Starship, who, speaking of those guys, yeah. and all of them had those custom uh, intros prepared. So like they were doing like a jazzy mm-hmm. version of the classic Battlestar Galactica theme for Court and Fatboy, and they you know the Dirty Laundry for Carl Click. So that band really. Yeah, that was- and that when they really sprang good. that open, that Muppet Show opening, which oh. I didn't know until mm. the day before that they were going to do that. So I go to see them rehearse, and they start busting out this Muppet Show theme, and it's got, like, custom lyrics for the roast. And it's like, you know, nobody asked them to do that. They just kind of took it, it upon awesome. themselves. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was right. And Jairus, who Jairus we said this is again. so great. We'll say it again now because we said it at the top. 31 days on his back in the hospital. I mean, pneumonia, an Jeez. oxygen tank, which Sarah, I think, stepped on at one point. And I mean, Not but the nailed it. That's on the, the core. Just the part only that, on the part, the part that brings oxygen. Only exactly. the part that distributes the, the air. Only the squishy part. <laughs> Sitting on the tank, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. So it was. And I wanted to, wanted to say, um, out, being uh, out in line, waiting in line, all the vendors that came by, including Viso bringing out sample beverages. Indeed. Everybody's garden center with their seeds. Um, I got to stand by the uh, the pirates that were there, and uh, Richie bringing out the uh, the, the shit razors. Um, yeah. Bring out the razors, and instead of just handing them out to the crowd, start firing Roger Clemens style that fired at people in, in the line. <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, we finally quickly realized that was maybe not the best idea, and started just handing them out. But it was <laughs> it was a fantastic uh, time. I had a great time, and um, and also Storm and Nickel Arcade doing the, the Richie saw. Oh Richie, that was yeah, yeah, that was really really good. Yeah. All right. Thank you, my friend. We're glad you had a good time. No problem. We'll uh, see you soon. Once again, script coordinator Todd the Corpse weighs in. He says, here are my favorite Sarah memories of oh, the night. God. I was talking with Sarah the moment we realized the green room toilet was plugged up and broken. She proceeded to start pulling up her dress and said, screw this. I'm using it anyway. <laughs> he said, I also like how how drunkenly, uh, how drunkenly Sarah drunkenly slurred at me. You're so awesome. I'm making you my MySpace picture before grinding on Joni on the couch. What a strange night. Oh, yeah, that was kind of hot. And it was. And yeah. Jason Crump got many photographs yeah. of that, by the way. Uh, because there's this great moment where... Well, I love Joni very, very much. And if I was Oh, there's... Get... No, we know. And there's, there's, <laughs> group, there's photographic exactly. evidence. You, can we just say... You love her long time. <laughs> She's fabulous. And if we can just say, by the way, Joni looked great. Everybody looked yeah. great. You looked Joey fantastic, looked Sarah. Oh, you yeah. really... That dress, no lie, because you had sort of talked it up. You're like, this dress is so great. The dress is so great. You were, like, smoking. It was great. I mean, yeah. I mean, and Lisa, you looked great. great. Storm looked great. Everybody, everybody, you were all so... Bobby was rocking the hobo chic. And seeing, seeing, like, the three of you, like, Lisa, uh, Sarah, and Storm, all in a line at the roasting days, all of you looking beautiful. I mean, it was like looking at the sun. I mean, it really was like, (laughs) seriously, staring at a supernova. You were just going to go, oh, I can't, you know, and then... We had so much fun. I'm so glad we that had, all three of us got to sit in a row together. That was together perfect. Too. Yes, it was cool. And, and then I'm, Aaron on the end. 
There's a shop glowing more on the end. (laughs) I am glad, by the way, that Bobby, that Fat Boy dressed into the joke. Because totally. Sarah and I had talked yeah. about the hobo chic joke, and I was like, God, what if he dresses up in a tux? What there if he comes with? There was no need to worry. No. Well, he he dressed anything but hobo he, chic. He dressed, <laughs> he dressed right into my joke. So thank you for that, sir. Thank you, Bubba. Less work for all of us. <laughs> all right. Um, well, okay, now, You're I, not supposed to staple those, you know. Well, this isn't mine. It's Dave's Zins. And those are copies. Oh, and these are copies. Okay, so we might as well talk about this a little bit, and then we'll, th- we'll take a break. So Lisa Desjardins is yeah. here. You're, like, way smarter than any of us. So I don't know about that. So Dave Zinn um, has this. You're kind of in, in the awe of the Oregon mail-in voting yes, system anyway. I think it's fascinating. I Which, do. And it is especially fascinating that when this whole debacle was happening in Florida and Michigan, there was a whole lot of, like, well, we could never do a mail-in primary. How would that even work? Right. <laughs> it's like, like we've been, you know, we, well, we're all over that. Uh-huh. So... Dave Zinn, God bless him, brought down this ballot, and he's like, I don't really know how to vote, and so I thought maybe you all could tell me who I should... So he, so he brings... And there's all right. kinds of issues with this. A, okay. the fact that here, uh, for Senator, he voted for two people, yes, and then somehow thought that he could just fix it by writing in somebody else's name, like, and then I caught him whiting out one of these upstairs, right. and it's all very... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the voting department takes on white out with a little scribble that says, my bad. He voted for Jeff Merkley, but then later voted for Steve Novick, and his theory was that if he then also wrote in Steve Novick, that it would be then like would a best of three. No, I think that would be that would be a rejected vote yeah. there. Is um, the thing. Let's see what else. Uh, we also have that he voted for Edward Kill because he liked his That's name. Right. Yes, right. I can see that. He overlooked David the Ack Ackerman because he wasn't going to vote for anybody that gave themselves a nickname. <laughs> but then... Right. I'm going to read you something, and you tell me if you know what this the means. The proposition, okay. Uh, let's see. State Measure 51. A men's constitution enables crime victims to enforce existing constitutional rights in perse- uh, prosecutions, delinquency proceedings, authorizes implementing legislation. I have no idea what that means at all. It sounds to me like, you know, I do not know this issue, I will admit, but it sounds to me like there's some problem in the law where... Some crime victims are hitting a snag, and and they're uh, they're they're not able to go forward with prosecutions for some weird loophole. And this essentially is changing the Oregon Constitution to take care of some weird, creaky law that that this will eviscerate. And what's what the problem is now with the way these state measures are written? They used to be in all this legalese that you no one could tell what it meant at all. But now it's in this even stranger gray area where they try to take these really complicated legal structures and put them in a way so you can understand them, but it doesn't really say anything. It, it just says, amends the Constitution to enable crime victims to uh, enforce existing constitutional rights. Which, well, the, why the, don't we have that? That was, our, that, was, <laughs> we had a, that was Dave's thing. He's like, aren't they already my rights right. if they're constitutional? It made no sense. Okay, and here's what also doesn't, doesn't. make sense. It's got to be some weird loophole. What doesn't thing. make sense to me also is there's State Measure uh, 51 and State Measure 52, which are by my reading, word for word, exactly the same thing. Uh, you know what the trick... Let's see. Wow, I haven't they read appear what's to behind be, here. Uh, they appear to be exactly the same. Not one word changed. It looks like the the the, the bold text where it says 51, and I can't imagine, I don't know how much listeners care, but it looks like the bold text where they summarize them is exactly the same. You're it's right. A, it is. But I think the text under that, a vote, a yes vote, provides, it looks like the, that actually may be maybe a little bit different. I'm trying to read through it. So this is live, local, and relatable here. This is the actual substance that people come to the Rick Emerson show for. There's got to be some small difference between these two. I'm just yeah, getting it. It's bizarre. It is yeah. perplexing. You know, since we're on the election topic, I do feel this is my Washington gut kicking in here. I feel like for the Hillary Clinton supporters out there, I feel like some of them might have felt from this morning that I was a little biased. And I think 
maybe the Hillary Clinton folks could be justified because many people in the media are saying, hey, it feels like this is over. And, in fact, Tim Russert, many people have said, yeah, we think this is done. Well, if it was reversed. You know. I mean, if, if the numbers were reversed right now, everybody would just be saying, come on. I mean, it's Right. You know, but you know, here we are in Oregon. We still have an election. Uh, Hillary Clinton could still win this state because it's anybody's to win or lose. We don't know exactly how the votes are going to turn out, even though Obama obviously has done well in the polls. So I just want to put that out there that... I'm not writing her off, but on it, the the numbers just are just so so much better for him, and they're getting better and better. Because okay. Obama doesn't even need a big win. He doesn't. He doesn't. She needs a she needs a Ginormous. kind of preposterous wins exactly. at this point to to get it. And and you know we've got John, once John Edwards is that that really tells you something right there. He he didn't want to pick a candidate, and he has. Yeah. So it's significant. And who knows? She's she could still get her macaque moment. You know, Barack Obama could say something crazy. Yeah. And it could all just go down the tubes. I have like something crazy from Huckabee. Do we? Should Huckabee. We hey. Let's see if I... Uh, <sighs> do we have it here? Mike Huckabee. Okay, let's, let's try it. This is from the NRA Sorry, convention. When former Republican presidential candidate Mike Huckabee made some shocking statements about Obama while the cameras were rolling. We believe that government should get its hands off of us as much as possible. We don't need that much of it. We'd like less of it. And we darn sure would like for it to be less expensive. But the reality is, and I'm worried because, frankly, within the... That was Barack Obama. He just tripped off a chair. He's getting ready to speak. and Somebody aimed a gun at him, and he... he wow. The Huckabee was speaking in support of McCain at today's event. That was today, today. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is incredible. Wow. Smooth Thank you, Huckabee. Jesus. I at the NRA convention. That is incredible. Well, with huh. Heston dead, they need another loudmouth. Apparently, hey. they need another nutcase. I'm so surprised because Huckabee has been much more on the middle ground toward mm -hmm. Obama. He said a lot of conciliatory things, and and there are many people I met on the campaign trail, especially African Americans, who were nervous about voting for Obama because they think he's got this kind of JFK. He's going to get killed. This is what's mm -hmm. kind of scary. And I was actually having a civil conversation with Peter Carlin last night about this. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone remember the last time an Oregon primary put a candidate over the top? No. It was RFK. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was oh, over the last time. We're having this whole talk, and we're, like, and we're like, you know what? We're not making the best correlation between the history not repeating itself here, Peter. Let's just back off this conversation. Well, and it's just... Uh, he was the last candidate to visit St. John's. Is that That'll true? teach him. Yeah, well... It's, well, it sounds oh. like a little bit of St. John's might have gone with him. <laughs> um, so it, it does, and I forget, it wasn't... It wasn't Tim Russert. Somebody was interviewing Teddy Kennedy. It was Charles Gibson, maybe? I don't want to say that for sure. Somebody was interviewing Teddy Kennedy a while back, like about three months ago. And it was so awkward because they kept alluding to the, you know, the, the JFK <laughs> and then RFK trying to tie it into Obama. And Kennedy, uh, Ted Kennedy either Kennedy. Ted Kennedy either didn't get it or didn't want to acknowledge it. <laughs> and it was sort of awkward to watch because I think it might have been Gibson who kept saying, well, do you worry that some of the same things that eventually found their way to your brother Jack and uh, and Robert may eventually... Do you worry that some of those wow. same unfortunate things might befall Barack Obama? And clearly alluding to that. And Ted Kennedy was either oblivious or just ignoring it. It was just so weird. But it's, it's kind of weird that that is a thing. That's in what Andrew Vox would call the whisper stream. Mm -hmm. If people yeah. don't really... Nobody really comes out and really openly yeah. talks about it, but it's like a thing that everybody kind of goes, well, don't you? Had to, you to get people to say it. You, I had to, you know, 10, 15-minute conversations with voters before they would finally admit so that was do you think it's mind. better just to get that concern up in the air and, and to quit whispering about it? Just to say, hey, you know, America, you know, it's a great country, but there's a small pocket of just complete nitwits 
Oh, it's bigger than a small pocket. Well, yeah. Well, that's well, because you know that's why Alma Powell apparently put her foot down and wouldn't right. let Colin Powell yeah. run for that reason. Alma Powell's too. like, I'm not going to get you up there and have somebody take a shot oh, at you. Obama you know, Powell's I'm, running mate. I'm trying to remember if we, if uh, if I talked to you guys about this when I came off the trail in Pennsylvania, but the uh, security for Barack Obama, you know, they both have Secret Service protection. John McCain did not until just in the last couple of weeks, but both Obama and Clinton have it. And but the level of security around Obama when you travel with him is so much clearly uh, more tight than around her. And they're, they're both very tight, but it's at a whole other level with Obama. And it really, everyone in the press corps just assumed that there's more reason right. for it. Uh, you know, and it's certainly not, it's not something the campaign is going to seek, that intense extra level of security when they've already got Secret Service. All right. uh, we're really behind. We'll take a break here. Oh, yeah. We'll come back. Lisa Desjardins, Aaron Duran, more from Tim Riley. Like is three Michael Marish. <laughs> Last night, I think people were taking their bottles of Viso up to the bar and saying, can you give me a vodka and this or whatever? But the Crystal's like, next time, just give us cases to keep behind the bar because they didn't anticipate how many people wanted to mix Viso with stuff. So Although those servers were on it. They Especially were on it. considering that crowd. Man. Well, and in the past, we've kind of, Lisa doesn't know this, but in our past uh, listener parties, we have uh, had, there have been short staff in terms of alcohol, and people have had to wait a long time for drinks. So we told the Crystal, we're like, these people drink like fish. <laughs> you must be prepared. So this is actually a good, a good time to take a, a, just a brief stop down for a second uh, and say that we do want to thank Viso, uh, one of our proud presenting sponsors. Our other proud presenting sponsor last night, you saw a display when he walked in, Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. Uh, who And we are ecstatic to have Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing advertising ecstatic, on the show, period. I, I mean, really. Really, it's it's like one of the coolest things yeah. ever. You know, you talk about a marquee sponsor. Um, so uh, well, the, between Viso and Powell's, you can't go wrong. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's so great. So we want to thank those guys. Uh, also, uh, Taboo Adult Video, Everybody's Garden Center. Uh, you know, those guys uh, really stepped up as well. We want to thank. Um, we will take this moment to once again, flat out, full on thank Todd the Corpse. Uh, Workhoven and Joni DeRoshi, who helped uh, you know to whip everything into shape. Joni, uh, you know, Todd dealt via email, via phone, via panicked late night calls <laughs> from you know. I don't know. I'm going to add a joke. I don't know what to do. You know, and everybody kind of and neurotically. Todd, let's, just, let's just say what it is. Todd provided a lot of material for a lot of people. Todd That's wrote. Uh, Todd wrote, wrote a uh, lot of jokes. Uh, my. Uh, all my jokes for, about Aaron were Todd. Yay. He wrote um, my one for Aaron, too. He wrote my uh, Han Shop first one. Yeah. Well, it's because he's basically me, so he knows how to dig. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he's like, how would I insult myself? <laughs> uh, he wrote He wrote those. He wrote one of my two Storm jokes. He gave me all the stuff on the uh, 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 your, your on-air questions. The yeah. cows, the cows that can the run. Siamese twins joined at the hair. Yeah, because I, I Which we really known. did say we at really one point. <laughs> we spent like five minutes trying to figure it out. I was like, I've got to, we've got to do that. That's great. When you, you because we have like a 40-second delay, you know, and so Sarah and I spent a good couple minutes going, but could Siamese twins be joined at the hair? I mean, it's, and then we answered the phone, and the guy's like, you idiots, of course they can't. Uh, so, in any event. My, my other favorite one was spending 45 minutes figuring out how to turn on the digital scale. Yeah. We actually did that one day. Oh. 
<laughs> or what exactly um, ocean or what, what the, the sea level sea level is? That jo- you know, there was a joke that Todd put We're in. We're not there. very smart. Yeah, there was sea level that got that got dropped. I don't know. <laughs> there was a sea level joke last night got cut. Yeah, uh, and all of that stuff is true. Do chickens have lungs? Can cows run? Do alligators have knees? All, uh, do alligators have knees? I mean, you have no. I mean, it's like some really retarded Cecil Adams. Or like even even yesterday, you guys were like, oh well, can I can I just hum Beethoven or is somebody gonna slap? <laughs> what was that? I I wonder these things. Of course, Beethoven's free. I know. No. I was cracking up. Uh, What's so, he gonna do? Rise from the dead and come beat you? Well, you never. Well, those you know those people who wrote Happy Birthday, man. Their relatives will come after you. You sing Happy Birthday, and the Hill family comes after you for twenty five hundred bucks. Uh, and then, unfortunately, in this room, they started the rule of two out of three people agreed that it must be true. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing we've agreed. Yeah, two out of three people here believe something to be the case, then we just decide that is the case, regardless of what the evidence indicates. Uh, so, Much like our Congress. Yes. Uh, so we want to thank Joni DeRoshi, too, for, for you know the opening film. And for she wrote, by the way, that West Wing knockoff video that we used to interview. It was fantastic. Joni, the whole thing. Was Joni great. wrote that. Our friend Nate uh, Nate Baker uh, and his friend Dusty filmed it. So that was really cool. Susan Reynolds is in that. Uh, let's see, um, Tim and Tim's short film, which was great, which the crowd loved, yeah. by the way. Uh, so that went over fantastically. Hi Tim. Hi Tim. <laughs> Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven. Stuck around long enough to get one more thing of praise and out. Of course. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Emerson Starship, who were exceptional, and uh, all of those guys. Andrew, the band leader, really, really. Uh, those guys. I mean, as many yeah, times. I can't believe it. Yeah. I, you know, those Jarvis guys. Is such a trooper. They first came to, came together for Bigger Than Jesus, and then they've done a bunch of things since then. Several listener parties. This was so far beyond what I expected. And then Jarvis, who 31 days on his back in the hospital with a, he was like Darth. He was like Darth <laughs> Jarvis. He rolled him with a freaking oxygen mask and like, I am ready to rock. <laughs> and so all of those guys, everybody in Emerson Starship, uh, did well done. Nickel Arcade were great. All of the roast is Carl Click, who had to get up at 3.30 this morning to go back and be on television, and Tim said he looked uh, you know, looked uh, totally unflapped uh, today. Carl Click, man. I did not see that coming from that guy. No. Straight out. He was yeah, good. Yeah. When, I gotta he tell was you, really... That's got, like Bobby and I were talking about in the Fat hall. Fat Boy from KUFO is here. Hello. Hi. 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 Hello, Lisa. When, that comment about Scott. That's when I knew I could say anything. When, oh. when he said, you know, your favorite movie is whatever, and you're blah, 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 and then he looked at Scott and he goes, no wonder your wife left you. And we all kind of went air out of the room. I knew you were going to come after the fact that my girl left me a while ago, and then... Did you know or did you just suspect? No, I knew because there's no way you weren't going after yeah, it. Well, it's right there. What are you going to do? No way you weren't going after it. And I was waiting for it. I was stealing myself for yeah. it. And then Carl Click drops that out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. Like yeah, Fat Man and Little Boy. Boom. Right yeah. on the yeah. And I was like, I don't care what Rick yeah. says now. It's well, no. Yeah. It's, it's not and then he kept going on about it. Too. It wasn't just one thing. He just oh, kept on yeah. thinking. It was as like the Ides of March. They threw a blanket over him. Stabbing. As soon as he said that, I'm like, you know what? Everything I have here is fine. You know, there's not going to be any problems at all. So, Jesus. But I mean, it was like one headshot after another. And Quartz line, which we've said several times. Yeah. I don't even. I'm gonna mangle the line now. But that line about Peter and Byron. I knew. I knew when he. When what he did he say? Can you approximate the line for us for um, the air? Um. And of course, there's that gay guy who writes for that one newspaper here in town that nobody reads. 
And then there's Byron Beck. Yeah. And that was like, that was like people, I think I stood up in my chair and it was like, oh, came up. Boom. And I knew it was going to happen when he sent me the script. I was like, this is going to work. He's going to win everybody right here. No, it was good. Like Maximus in Gladiator, he will win the crowd with that one. And they just came to their feet. It was awesome. Aaron and Scott did have the great, you had the reseeding and reseeding line, which was really good. And did you guys, were you the ones that busted out the Rickroll joke? Who had the you who give the that? who had oh, the somebody, well a listener wrote the the Rick Roll yeah. was that somebody that I'm I'm ashamed that I never ever actually thought of that yeah. because that you know you give a whole yeah. new meaning that to the term was, Rick Roll yeah that was goddamn hilarious which is genius that was really good so. that was good speaking uh. of rolls thank you Lisa for uh, for bringing in oh yeah last night we're the only people she brought in a giant loaf of bread yeah like a French yeah and we were the only people I cared about this big one. Like, and it was smart because we were getting plowed. Yeah. And I think we're the only ones that we, made you it through were, the road. You and I out. were munching. Everyone else was doing their thing. But we were like, this is awesome. I know, because we're building up a base. I yeah. think we got to drink more than anybody else. Yeah, that's, that nice exactly. That must be it. All right, we'll come back to wrap it up after this. Lisa Desjardins, Fat Boy, Aaron Duran, Sarah Dillon, myself. Like us at 3, Mike O'Mara Show at 7. Stay there. We return next. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Like us at three, Donna, uh, Donna Mike. Aww. That's okay. I heard Mike do it again the other day. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's so good. I feel better because Michael Maris is there. Michael Maris Show at seven. Tomorrow, Car and Driver Radio, six to nine, immediately followed by Miles Around with Dennis Pittsburgh. Uh, I didn't even see Did Brandy. Did Dennis go last night? I, he was there, but I don't think Brandy was there. Did it, was Brandy there? I, I don't know if Brandy was there. Uh, Dennis and Big Jim were both there, but they were way in the back in the balcony. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, by the way, speaking of, speaking of way in, I saw Paul Halama. Uh, there's a little bit of an inside talk here, but I saw Paul Halama there last night before the party. He does what he does before every party comes up and goes, Hey, brother, what's going on? And I said, Hi, Paul. And he goes, He has those, like, glassy serial killer eyes. Yes. I love him. But... Yeah, the uh, Dexter eyes. Yeah. And he says, uh, Guess how many? He holds up the cup. Guess how many in I am? And I said, I don't know, Paul, four? Nine. <laughs> and then he just sort of, and like that, he was gone, like t- tottering off. In the I wish I could have seen Halama. I haven't seen him in a long time. I'll send him over to talk to you. Uh, all right, Fat Boy, thanks again. You and Court. Thank you. Thank uh, Court and Fat Boy, Rock 101, uh, 7 of Midnight Tonight, Rock 101, KUFO. Court and Fat Boy.com if you uh, prefer to get it in condensed one hour long podcast talk show form. Court and Fat Boy.com. I talked to a lot of people uh, yesterday who didn't know that we take the songs out. Oh, on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if, if you, you guys distilled. Yeah, if you guys prefer to just have the talk show It's experience. from Concentrate. Yes, it's from Concentrate. Cool. Yes. yes. Go to courtandfatboy.com, download it there. Aaron Duran, geekinthecity.com, filmpeopleradio.com. I don't even know if you actually have a review. We just got so behind there. Ah, Prince Caspian, don't worry about it. <laughs> Prince Caspian, it blows. Caspian? Prince Caspian, what is that? It's yeah. the second, second Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first one. Actually, I mean, it doesn't blow. It's pretty good, but, you know. Uh, the first okay. one, I, you know, yeah. I'm just trying not to be so invested in it because I love those books so much growing it's up. It's the next one you're going to get invested in. Dawn Trader. Because it's the best of the series. Yeah. So, Lisa Desjardins, yeah. what else? Yay. What could I possibly say? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're so happy you're here. Yeah, really, I mean, it's so like the best happy. thing ever. I mean, can I? And, and just to go back, how, how long do we have? Like a minute and a half? Yeah. I mean, even though word started to leak, and I mean, Joni was like, if this doesn't, if everybody doesn't know about it, it's going to be a miracle. And word started to leak from Bob. 
Yeah. And, you know, the ground was softened up, as they say, in true Washington style. It started to leak before it was announced. <laughs> sure, it was. But I'm surprised that nobody, you know, even in that West Wing intro video, I yeah. thought, and we almost, can I tell you, Joni and I agonized over whether to use that dun 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 dun, dun uh, that drum beat at the beginning. So we're like, do we want to really sell that it's the West Wing knockoff if they don't know? No, I think it was better this way, that in reflection, it'll be like, oh, yeah. And as soon as Joni says, we can't keep stealing other people's ideas forever, and it goes to the waving flag, which, by the way, she bought a flag at Walmart and stood out in the sun oh, and waved no. it in in front of a no video camera. Way. She That's couldn't funny. find a flag, so she wow. stood in the sun and waved it in front of a camera and then washed it out and slowed it down and oh blew it gosh, up. Oh my gosh, it looked so good. Oh no, she... Wow. She didn't do anything halfway. And then it goes to that dun dun yeah, dun dun. And I said that, I mean, and did you see the crowd shoot out of their seats for you? Really? Because I was behind the stage. You I looked a little... I don't say shaken. You look a little, a little caught off guard. I a little. was definitely, I, I, you guys had all prepared me, but I, I could not believe the response. I just couldn't believe it. And I know Jason couldn't believe it either, and it was Well, thank you guys phenomenal. both for being there. Uh, it was, I, I'm sad that this show is ending. I mean, I'll still be here until Wednesday, but uh, still, I'm, I'm, I'm almost sad that the party had to end because wow. it was so awesome. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was an amazing time. So thank you. Yeah. And I, we always say this at Your the end, but thank you incredible. to everybody who came out, every listener, everybody who says, spreads the word, everybody who listens, everybody who has a choice and chooses this show. That's why we call it a listener party, because it really is all about uh, you guys. And our thanks to the Crystal Aww. Ballroom as well. Uh, Susan Reynolds, Bridget Livergood, uh, uh, you know, Cheryl uh, from upstairs, Rachel from upstairs, everybody on the street yeah. team, all the AEs, all the, uh, the sales <laughs> guys, all of the clients, everybody. And again, all of you all, uh, out there for, for being there. We appreciate amazing. it. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. The director of engineering, Brian Jones. And uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru is Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Like us next. Mike O'Mara show at 7. See you all on uh, Monday at 10 a.m. for the recap, 11 for the show. Thank you for listening. Be safe. I'm huge. Watch out for snakes. Bye now.